What's up, everyone? Here we are, January 21st, Saturday. All right, Saturday, thinking about weight loss. Not the day we typically want to think about weight loss, but we'll do it today. And we'll talk about some mindset secrets to losing weight because I think people are starting to wake up to the idea that there's more to losing weight than just trying to force yourself to eat less, <laughs> right? So we'll talk about some mindset approaches to not just losing weight, right? So there's your first mindset secret. And uh, these are secrets. They're secrets in the sense that no one knows about them, right? Um, people surely want to lose weight, uh, aren't able to make it happen, right? So how do we make it happen? Well, you got to change the way you're thinking. Hey, how you doing? Someone just hi. In a minute, in a minute. I like that name. Um, so the first mindset secret is to think about this whole process differently, right? By recognizing that right off the bat, you don't even want to lose weight. Wanting to lose weight's not really even the goal. The goal is to return to your goal weight and then stay there for the rest of your life on near autopilot, right? So there's your first mindset secret that the real goal you actually want should be articulated more clearly because to just, it's almost like, um, it's like a lot of people have their weight loss goal and they're almost asking it in like a fearful way, right? They're, not, they're afraid to ask for what they truly want. And so they say, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. No, you don't. You just want to lose weight. You want to lose weight and then you want to keep it off the rest of your life and you want to do it in a way that's enjoyable and relatively easy, right? <laughs> that's what you really want, you know? So ask for it, you know, don't be afraid of it. Um, ironically, so one of the, the things I always talk about is the difference between weight loss and weight mastery. What you truly want to do is master your weight. And so recognize that, right? That's what you want. And the irony there is that actually mastering your weight is actually a lot easier than weight loss because most of the time, so, so here's the opposite mindset secrets. So to understand mindset secrets, there's really two sides to that, right? There's the mindset secrets of mastering your weight and there's the recognizing the mindset you have of what, what you, the mindset you've had about losing weight, which is really a diet mindset and you're trapped in that. And so a lot of them I talk about is, is both of them, recognize the kind of diet mindset that's keeping you trapped and recognizing a better alternative that's gonna help you achieve what you actually want, your real goal. And what you really want, again, is to, to live the rest of your life at your goal weight, you know, and to have it be relatively easy, enjoyable, you know? And then we'll go a step further, you know, it's really not even about the weight, it's really about how you wanna be, how you wanna live, who you wanna be in life, right? And so I always say you gotta take your, your weight loss and wrap it in personal development because your brain and body have no motivation to want to lose weight. It's, it's quite the opposite. Your brain and body want to actually put more weight on you because they're evolutionary mechanisms. Right? You evolved, we all evolved in a food scarce environment, right? And so now your body and brain want you to eat whenever you get around food, right? So uh, trying to like motivate yourself by losing weight is, is a very difficult thing to do because your brain and your body don't want you to lose weight, right? This is why like when you eat a cookie, eating a cookie feels different than eating a carrot right? It's a lot easier to eat lots of cookies. Well, what's going on? It's all dopamine, right? So every time you bite into a cookie, your brain releases lots of dopamine and your brain releases lots of dopamine because it wants you to eat more cookies because it's like, oh, there's a lot of calories here. You know, they did an experiment with mice. And what was really interesting, you might find this interesting. Um, they, what they did is they, they had to put a tube into their stomachs and they would put food in there. And if, there was higher calorie foods put into the stomach. So this had nothing to do with taste. If the higher calorie foods are put into the stomach, the brain start releasing more dopamine. So th this is what I'm trying to tell you is that your brain and your body, they're all communicating. And so when you in eat something that has higher calorie counts, 
your brain starts releasing more dopamine because it wants you to eat more. Again, your brain and body still think you're in a food scarce environment, you know, from a million years ago. It hasn't caught up to the fact. I do, I'm reading this book. I've never heard this before. I've kind of known about the evolutionary piece, but they call it the mismatch hypothesis, which basically is this, that we have these bodies and brains that have evolved in food scarce environments and the natural world. And now we live in this modern world and there's a mismatch, right? Because in a food scarce environment, your body and brain wants you to eat more because it's gonna support your survival. And so how does that work? It's like in a practical sense, to give you an example, you know, say some person had been out eating, hunting, ate something, okay. And they use this, this is in a book, a hunter-gatherer thing. So the person, they'd hunted, they'd eaten a bunch of the meat, were eating the whole time, and then they came across a beehive, right? And they ate the entire beehive's honey, right? And so how do you do that? Well, because your brain starts releasing lots of dopamine wanting you to eat. Well, guess what? Same thing's going on now. <laughs> so your brain and body are pushing you to keep eating. So when you try and motivate yourself by losing weight, you're, you're fighting against your brain and your body. Okay. So what we have to do is we have to be strategic with this and you have to come up with a strategic way to motivate yourself. That's really, you're almost tricking yourself. You can't trick yourself really, but it's almost like you have to make the weight loss secondary. You see, and we have to focus on something else that's the primary thing that actually is motivating to you. So what things are actually motivating to you? Well, things like uh, staying alive, right? Your mortality, is a, that's a motivating thing genuinely, right? Because we all have a survival instinct. And so if you make your weight loss about, I want to live longer, I want to have a better quality of life while I'm living, I want to improve the relationships with the people that are most important to me, I want to be able to reach my potential, I want to, you know, be more successful at work, whatever it is that's important to you already. If you weave your weight loss around those things, you're tapping into a much deeper form of motivation than trying to tell yourself you just want to lose weight. There's very little motivation there on a natural level. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. So, you know, the diet mindset really fixates us on wanting to look better. You know, and there's another one. You have no brain structures that really want you to look better. You know, because again, we evolved in an environment where there was, there was no scales, no mirrors, no pictures, videos. You know, you didn't really have a sense of what you look like. It wasn't fashion, you know, so for, for most of history. So again, the, these are not motivating things to your brain, you know, so you've got to find something. So what people tend to do is they try and get, they try and make themselves more motivated about weight. Right. And again, the, the classic that just happened a couple of weeks ago, January 1st is probably the anniversary of this one where it's like, okay, new year, new me. And you, you try and force yourself to be more motivated and, and kind of move in the direction you want to go. And, but you're just not feeling it, you know? So what you want to do instead of trying to get yourself more motivated to lose weight, which is what you keep trying to do, it's better to find things that you're already motivated about in your life and then figure out how the weight is negatively affecting those things. And so, you know, if you're a parent, being a parent is probably something you're very motivated about, about, right? You want to be the best parent you can be and you want to take care of your kids. And so what you can start to look at is, well, how's the weight affecting my ability to be the parent I want to be, right? And again, this has nothing to do with visually how you look. This has to do with your energy levels, your mindset, how you feel about yourself, your role modeling, things that you're teaching your kids, you know? And so if you start to look at it this way, you're going to find that there's a lot more motivation to tap into. You know, when you start structuring your weight mastery uh, motivation around, I want to be a better parent. You know, I realize being overweight, I'm tired all the time. I don't feel good about myself. I'm teaching them bad habits. They're kind of role modeling me, not only my eating habits, but how I think about myself. And I feel really down about myself. I feel defeated. I feel discouraged. I'm frustrated about my body. 
right? If that's the headspace you're living in, right? And then, then there's the health impacts, right? So I'm, I'm right on the cusp of type 2 diabetes. Um, my, my joints hurt. I can't get on the floor with, my, with them. I can't play with them. I don't have the energy. You, you see what I mean? This is a hard thing to do, to do by the way. It, it's hard to face these things and acknowledge these things, but sometimes they're the most motivating, you know, because now you're, you're tapping into real genuine motivation, you know? You, your body and brain have evolved to want to have good relationships, to, to be healthy, to have energy, to feel good. You see what I mean? Like, so, so the way you articulate the goal right from the beginning is gonna have a huge impact on the results you get. And typically weight loss, that, that diet mentality, it's such a weak form of motivation, you know? And um, what most people's motivation really is, is it's a spontaneous pain-based motivation where you step on the scale, see the picture of yourself, um, you know, the clothes don't fit. You see your reflection. Go to the doctors, and you get this this overwhelming feeling of pain and, and upset. And that's usually what drives you to start some weight loss plan, you know. But it's spontaneous. You have, you have very little control of it. Think about this, right? Reflect on the last four or five times you really tried to lose weight, you know, and you're going to find that it was triggered by some pain based thing that happened, you know. And so you're in that pain based mode, which is a very hypnotic state, okay. And so in that hypnotic state, you're not thinking logically and rationally. You're not saying which plan's going to, you know, allow me to really master my weight and live there the rest of my life. You're just saying, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight, you know? <laughs> and so when that's the, when that's the goal, you choose unsustainable plans that don't last. And that's what you get. You know what I mean? That's your experience has been that you, you're okay for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks and you can't maintain the motivation, you know? So, um, right off the bat, the way you think about it's going to have a huge impact you know, on the whole process moving forward. And so, you know, so now we're talking about motivation where it always starts with anyways, because what's the point of doing anything if you're not motivated and you're not motivated to lose weight, most likely, you know, you got a strong wish and a low want. You got to make that distinction because a lot of times one of the big mistakes with weight loss that people make is they, they say, well, what's wrong with me? How come I can't lose the weight? Well, the first problem is you don't really want to lose the weight. You know, you really wish you'd lose the weight but the want of actually committing to something and taking action and doing something is really low, you know? The wish is 100 out of 100. <laughs> you 100% you wish you'd lose weight. You wish, you know, here we are Saturday, right? You just, you magically wish that tomorrow you're going to be really motivated for Monday and that Monday you'll just start eating well and start losing weight, you know? Or you just be motivated somehow. But you have no sense of that process of actually motivating yourself. And that all comes down to mindset, you know? And we've been inundated and literally hypnotized. I think that's the best description of how people approach their weight loss. And the diets have literally hypnotized us to think about weight loss in a very ineffective way, right? Um, someone says, how do we tap in? I don't know what that means, tap into the motivation, you know? Again, as I said, you know, you find the things you're already motivated about. I, I, I understand what I'm saying here because this is really important because you keep trying to like, you keep trying to get yourself hyped up. Right? You're just always trying to bullshit yourself with the weight. You try and get, you think about it all the time. I mean, you are, you're motivated to want it to change and you think about it and you obsess about it constantly, but you're not really motivated. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll give you an example. I use this example a lot that if the person you care the most about on the planet, you know, the person you love the most was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight in the next month, um, you'll never see this person again. Right? Well, that level of want is a 10 out of 10, right? You're going to lose weight guaranteed, right? Because you're truly motivated. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I don't know what's wrong with me. And, 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 the, and the main problem is you're not actually motivated, like like truly. 
And so you really ought to recognize that first. Don't try and lose weight if you're not really motivated because you're just going to, it's just going to be disappointing, right? <laughs> you'll take kind of half-assed action and get half-assed results and then you'll be, feel frustrated with yourself, you see? So the first thing you want to do is really, you'll get in my program, the very first thing we do is get through the motivation, you know, and really understand it and really be ready to run through a wall. I mean, you're so fired up because once you do that, everything else becomes way easier. It's still work, you know what I mean? But but it's like, it's really, really, really about what's your, what's your reason for doing this? You know, it's kind of like, the, the, that's kind of a little cliche, but it's, it's really true. What's your why? Right? Someone says, that's me 100%. I need help change my mindset. Yeah, everyone does. If you're struggling with your weight, it's 100% mindset, 100% if you're struggling with weight, right? Now you may have some physical issues, you know, maybe it's really hard for you to lose weight, um, but even then, you know, there's going to be some acceptance, you know, part of it. But but if you're struggling with your weight, there's almost a guaranteed, I can almost guarantee you, you're not actually motivated. And obviously, it's your mindset that is the core problem. So I always think of kind of three pillars to master your weight. The first one's a mindset. And without that, there's nothing. I think of it in the shape of a pyramid. The bottom level, the foundational piece, the widest, biggest piece is the mindset. Everything rests upon that. Without the mindset, nothing else is going to matter. You know, and most people's mindset is completely backwards. I'm going to go through a couple of reasons how. Um, and again, it's from the diets. The diets have hypnotized you specifically um, to think about weight loss in a very in, inaccurate, ineffective way. And, um, and you don't realize it, though. And I'm going to point some of those things out and you'll see it. It'll be clear as day to you. Um, these things you're experiencing, but you have not been able to see. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So right from the beginning, you got to be motivated and, and truly motivated, you know, uh, because until you are, what's the point, you know? So yeah, you got to look at that. Are you motivated? Really? Hmm? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, your, your wish level's high, your want level's low. And you have to recognize that. And you have to make that want higher. You know, now how do you do that? Yeah, it's a process, you know, is a bit, but what I can do here is just point out that you're not motivated, um, just so you can focus on that part. So what are some other things? You know, what are some other mindset things that have been programmed into you by the diets, right? The diet industry. The diet industry is the same thing as the food companies. We know this? Probably not. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz, right? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, the company owns Atkins Foods, owned by, the same company owns Onions Pretzel and Cinnabon. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories and effectively for a little while because they know that's going to lead you to eat more calories ultimately, all right? And so they give you tactics, right? The way the diet is, the diets are set up, like if you were a marketing team going to make a new diet, and that's how most diets are, are kind of made and put out there, what you would do is you look for one simple conceptual idea. You want the one thing, right? And so use keto, right? So just stop eating carbs, you know? Um, stop eating fat, right? We, you know, HCG, just, just cut your calories down to 500 and take this hormone. So it doesn't matter what it is, but it's one idea and they put it out there and you say, oh, I could do that, you know? But weight loss is not one thing. Weight loss is a, is a complete holistic process. And I don't say that to scare you, but just to be honest with you, it, it's hard. And it's like, you have to approach your weight mastery if you're serious about it. It's the kind of a level of commitment like going to college is probably the most accurate, I think, equivalence to it, you know? And what you're doing is you're just dabbling with the weight loss because you don't really care. But on the other hand, and I don't blame you for any of this stuff because you've been hypnotized, literally hypnotized. When it comes to weight loss, you're in a state of hypnosis which is to say you're not rationally thinking. You're just very emotional, you know? So you can almost, I can almost, I guarantee you every time that you think about weight in your weight loss, it's from a very, 
I don't want to say illogical. It's not, not necessarily illogical, but it's very emotional. And it's not very logical, though. This is why, if you're like most people, you've wanted to lose weight for decades. You've tried to lose weight for decades. And you've probably used the same method of diet. You probably have a preferred one that you've tried many, many times. And it never works for you. And uh, you just keep trying it over and over and over again. And it never works for you, but you keep trying it, you know? And so it's kind of like what they say that saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But another version of that is that the definition of being a hypnotic trance is the same thing because <laughs> you're not logically, you never take a step back because we, we experience kind of reality first person and we're just kind of experience it's coming at us and we're just like always in this perspective. So it's very helpful to kind of take a step back from your life and um, like different areas, right? So you take a step back from the weight loss, look back and, and you look at it from here and you say, what am I doing on a, on a kind of big level? Because moment to moment, we're just kind of experiencing it and we're just at the mercy of all these emotions we feel, you know? And we take a step back and look at well, what's going on with your weight? You know, what, what's happening here? And um, what you'll recognize on a, on a big level is, again, what I was saying, you randomly get, you never like your weight. You think about it constantly. You're always thinking about how you don't like your weight. You don't like your body. You got to do something about it. You're constantly thinking that. Um, but when do you actually take some actual action to, to do something about it, right? It's when you spontaneously get really upset. You finally step on the scale. Holy shit. I didn't know I was that big. You see a picture of yourself. Oh my God. I didn't realize I was that big. Um, the clothes don't fit you. Oh, what, what's going on here? You catch a reflection, you know, and you get really upset or you go to the doctors. Those are the big ones, you know, um, and you get really upset spontaneously. You started the day. You didn't know that that was going to happen to you. Now, all of a sudden, you're really upset. I've got to do something about this. Well, now you're in a super hypnotic state, which is to say you're in a super emotional state, right? You're, you're not logically, rationally thinking about anything. You're just responding to the pain. I got to change this. I'll do anything, you know, and then you do the plan for a little bit. It fades away. You go back to what you were doing and you just keep repeating that process over and over right? Is that not what's happening <laughs> to some degree, right? And nothing ever actually changes. And I always say this to people that, you know, you watching this right now, you've probably been trying to lose weight for decades at this point. And I just want to point out that, you know, as little right now about how to lose weight, how to actually lose weight long-term for good, you know, as little now about how to do that as you did before you started your first diet decades ago. Yeah. She said, yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I say this, not to bum you out. I'm not doing this to just get on here and troll you and just make you feel bad. It's not my intention at all. It's to wake you up. Okay. Again, I always joke as a hypnotist, I thought I was going to hypnotize people to help them lose weight. I didn't realize it was going to be a job of waking people up, snapping them out of trances all day. It was a, a very surprising, you know, but what's happening is you're in a literal hypnotic trance when it comes to your weight and the diet companies have you just literally inside out. You're, you're 180 degrees pointing in the wrong direction when it comes to your weight, you know? And so what are some ideas? What are some, because you have a mindset right now, you have an overweight mindset. And part of that overweight mindset, understand, is constantly thinking about how you want to lose weight, how much you don't like your body, thinking about, oh, I got to lose weight. And you think you know what to do, right? The, the classic mantra of the, the hypnotized weight persons is, I know what to do. I just got to get myself to do it. I know what to do. I got to get myself to do it. That's bullshit. You don't know what to do. That's why you don't do it. <laughs> if you knew how to be thin, guess what? You'd be thin because you'd prefer to be thin. But you don't know how to be thin. No, I just need to eat better. That means nothing. <laughs> right? That's like me if I never played the piano. I know how to play the piano. I just got to hit the keys at the right time in the right order. 
right? Okay, could I make anything sound easier? <laughs> then I sit down at the piano and it's like, oh, bing, you know what I mean? It's a whole different thing. You're doing that with the weight loss, you know? It's like, you, you're like, oh, I know what to do. You don't know what to do. You have no idea how to motivate yourself. You have no idea about your self-image. You have no idea about habits, actually. You know, you have no idea how to feel the emotions you want, deal with the emotions you don't want. You have no idea how to think like a thin person. No idea how to maintain your your, your behaviors, your, your mindset, your motivation. Like, no idea. And so you don't know what to do. And the diets never tell you. That's what I, you know, I get on here primarily just so you wake up from the diet hypnosis. If nothing else you get out of this, is that one, right? Because what do the diets do? So what is the component of a diet mindset? Um, here's a couple things in no particular order. First one is that it's a short-term time frame. So you think about weight loss subconsciously as it's a sprint, okay? And if you run a sprint and you trip, you're going to lose the race because a sprint requires perfection, doesn't it, in order to win? And so you have to first shift your time frame into this is like a marathon. It's a never-ending marathon. And I know that bums you out when I say it, right? Because on a deep level, you actually associate pain to losing weight, by the way. You're just on a very, very subtle level. You think about losing weight all the time and you want to lose it. But when you actually think about really losing weight, you think it's going to suck. It's boring, de depriving, I'm a basket case. I hate it. I'm miserable, right? It's like you have all negative stuff associated, associated with losing weight subconsciously, which is why you don't lose weight because you actually associate losing weight to pain, ironically. Most people approach weight loss like they got a gun to their head. I got to lose weight. Got to lose weight. Losing weight is like the greatest experience in the world. Like living at your goal weight and being healthy and happy and having a healthy lifestyle is the most amazing thing you can do in your life, personally. You know, it's better than making a ton of money. You know what I mean? Like it's literally the greatest thing in the world is to be able to feel like amazing in your body, in my opinion, you know? But when people try and lose weight, it's a what? It's miserable. It's like someone's got a gun to their head. It's this miserable process. Why is that? Well, it's because the diets have hypnotized you. The diets don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while. That's why they never tell you about mindset. They never talk about the lifestyle piece. They just pick one food, one type of food, and focus on that. The diet thing is macros, right? So that's what they've been doing for 30 years. The diet's been focusing on, oh, cut fat. Now cut carbs. Eat more protein. And then they got you fixated on these macros. The diets are like magicians. And magic works through misdirection. Okay. So the magician gets you focusing up here while they do the magic trick down here. Okay. The diet's doing the same thing. They focus on like one thing. That's not even the problem. It's not the main problem. So you're up here fixated on carbs, fats, and protein. Meanwhile, the real distinction you should be making is how much of my food is processed and how much of my food is natural. And they don't talk about this because all the diets are always pushing all that processed bullshit. Most of the diets are trying to get you to eat more of their food. Weight Watchers started out with, um, Good. It was a woman, I think in New Jersey, who would set up groups and they would help each other lose weight. And so then Weight Watchers got bought and guess where they started having their meetings? In the back of supermarkets and the freezers because it was a way to sell their shitty food. You know? What's the worst one? I don't know. Who's the worst one? I remember my mom used to make these growing up. I can't remember the name. It was a frozen food, but it was like a weight loss one. It was disgusting. It's not even food. It's food stuff. You know, so never mind getting fixated on, oh, fat, protein, you know what I mean? You're obsessed with that. How about you look at what's processed and what's natural? And you may find that you're 95% processed food. That's not an unusual number for people in America these days, you know? But that's part of the problem. You know, if you're not eating actual food, you're going to be hungry all the time. 
it's hard not to keep eating it. It's got you addicted to all the, the substance of it and all the rest of it. So, but anyways, so, so the big thing about dieting is it's a short term time frame, this sprint mentality, and that leads you to be all or nothing. And this is one of the big reasons why you hate dieting so much because it's extremely stressful, right? It's like a sprint. I mean, sprint's really hard. It's, it's a ton of work and it's very stressful because the thing is like, you're like, how am I going to sprint forever? You know, which causes you to think about weight loss. It's just, I just want to lose weight and you don't want to just lose weight. You know, the weight loss is just a phase. It'll take a couple, couple weeks, couple months, couple years, maybe. And then what? You get to your goal weight. And then what? You know, you want to stay there, right? <laughs> but you're never even prepared for that. That's why I don't know how accurate these numbers are, you know, but they, I saw Brian Wansink, who's a guy who runs the food Cornell lab and they do a bunch of stuff, but he came up with the numbers. 39% of people on a diet can't make it past a week. 75% can't make it past a month. And ultimately 95% of people um, can't keep the weight off you know, long-term on diets. So with numbers that bad, it's not your fault, you know, and I know you take it on yourself. You, you tend to, and that, that's again, another reason I get on here to talk about this all the time, because you're so defeated at this point, you know, and you, and you, because you think it's, you think all your weight loss attempts having not worked is a reflection of you and a limitation you have is I can't lose weight. I can't do it. You know, but you never think to look at, well, maybe it's the strategy I'm using because the strategy is so all encompassing. You know, there's so many diets out there that that's another trick, you know? So it's like, oh, well, this diet tells me to not eat protein. This one tells me to only eat protein. This one tells me not to eat carbs, only eat carbs. And it's like, there's so many different variations of diet that you feel like, well, I tried them all, none of them working. So it must be me, you know? And so really what comes down is recognizing dieting doesn't work. Dieting does not work. You know, and so if someone says essentially it is our fault, though, kind of, kind of, it is and it isn't. It, it, it is your fault. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I think it is. It's good to take blame for it because that allows you to take power. Right. It keeps you connected to your power. So I agree. I, I On one hand, you always want to take responsibility for it. Um, but you also need to recognize that you have almost exclusively relied on dieting in some form or fashion. What's dieting? Let's talk about that. You've relied on dieting to try and lose weight. And it's a very ineffective approach for a million reasons. Okay. Um, but let's, how do you see through the diets, right? Because they're tricky. It's hard. Well, how am I going to tell? Because they always come up with new ways to frame it, you know? And this is the way I would suggest you look at it. And, uh, and, and to make the distinction, take responsibility. I want you to take responsibility for your weight and your health. Okay. But the first thing I want you to take responsibility for is to say the diets don't work. I'm going to stop approaching my weight loss in a diet mindset fashion. Now, that's hard to do, okay, because you've literally been hypnotized. You're, you're literally in a state of hypnosis when it comes to your weight loss. You know, you can't think about it in any other way other than the diet mentality is what I'm trying to tell you, you know. And so that's why I get on here all the time talking to people. So I'm, I'm just listening to these. I'm giving you a different conceptual understanding of how to master your weight. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times I got to talk about why the dieting's so bad because that's the prevalent way, all right? Um, but so so the dieting, so how do you see through all the diets? Because they're, they, they're sneaky, you know? They're good at this. I mean, it's it's a billion-dollar industry, you know what I mean? It's very, very smart people that, that create these. But here's how you tell. Whatever weight loss plan it is, okay, if the plan is and it could this could be a workout based plan it could be a food based plan if the plan that you're planning on using to lose weight is just telling you what to do like what to eat or how to work out if it's just 
here, this do this, that's not going to be enough, right? Because what we're talking about here, mindset, right? If they're just telling you, okay, here's the new philosophy of how to eat. Here's the meal plan. Here's the workout. Here it is. Go do it, right? It's almost guaranteed that's not going to help you because your problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is you have no clue how to get yourself to do it consistently. You have no idea how to change your thinking. You have no idea how to change your behavior long-term consistently, you know? Yes, need to adapt a new lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely need a new lifestyle. Now you'll hear it, right? So I get on here and it's like, and I ask this question all the time. It's like, you're getting the more enlightened people because people are waking up to the fact that diets don't work. You know, um, the CEO of Weight Watchers, right? They're, they're getting nervous because people are recognizing, God, <laughs> I mean, my mom spent 30 years trying to lose weight with Weight Watchers. I've been 40 years trying to lose weight with Weight Watchers. It's not working, uh, something. And so now you'll start to hear these little mumblings of, you know what? I need to make a lifestyle change. I don't need a diet. I need a lifestyle change. You know what? I need a mindset piece. You see like uh, Weight Watchers, oh, the mindfulness is so, it's so superficial. And it's, they just say the words though, because those are the new buzzwords, right? Lifestyle, mindset. Well, what's that mean? What's that mean to you? What's a, what's a healthy lifestyle even mean to you? Do you have a plan? Because I'm going to tell you one in a second. I got one. It's broken down in eight pieces. Again, my program, it's mindset, lifestyle, eating. And they're all customized to you, by the way. It's another thing. You know, these plans are like, oh, here, here's my plan. Here's how I do it. You know, here, you follow, follow this. That ain't going to work. You're your own person. You've got to take the time to come up with your own plans that are customized to you. You got your own unique genetics, preferences, and lifestyle. Right. So that's what I want you to recognize that when you try and lose weight, it's you just trying to follow a plan. And what you do, we'll break it down a little bit. So this will help you understand it. Because do you even understand your mind? And I know you don't. And I, I'm not blaming you for this stuff. I, I don't want to sound condescending or accusatory here. Um, I just, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I know, I know how you're thinking about your weight better than you do. Like literally, literally. <laughs> like I literally know how, how you're thinking about weight loss because you're in a trance-like state. You're not logically thinking. You're not, you're not like approaching your weight like consistently tweaking and optimizing and, and resolving challenges and finding solutions to all the little things you have to do. You're not, you have like a strategy to, to master your weight. I know this because that's what my program is. And the only reason people do it is because it is almost like no other place to get it. You know, and I had to create it on my own. I didn't like learn all this from someone. I had to literally just create it, you know? I work with people and I keep learning stuff. You know what I mean? I keep, keep putting it all together. You know, but I don't know. I don't see anything out there in terms of a holistic system, you know? So let's talk about those three pieces though, because you need them all. I mean, obviously the eating, the eating is the, the eating is the top of the pyramid, you know, and it's crucial. It's important. No doubt about it. You know, there's a lot of strategy there that most people aren't using. Um, someone says there's no tweaking a plan. It's just falling off hard and no idea how to muster more strength. Well, thank you. <laughs> you put that. Thank you. You just summarized that better than I did. That's exactly it, isn't it? So what happens with the diet mentality, by the way, so, so let, me, let me finish that thought, right? So what I say, right? It's when you, the diet mentality is, it's a short term time frame, right? So you're approaching your weight loss like it's a sprint, right? And perfection is the only thing that's, that's acceptable, right? Because the only thing that even motivates you, now again, this comes down to how your brain works. The diets are built around how your brain works. Unfortunately, they're not built to show you how to use how your brain works to help you eat better. They use how your brain works to manipulate you. Okay. So that they can trick you. And so 
one of the things I'm sure they know about, about brains that you should know is that your brain, my brain, all brains, there's a thing called cognitive biases. We're hardwired into us. And so one of those things is that we discount the future. If I say I'll give you a hundred bucks now or $150 in two years, well, you'll take the hundred bucks now. It means more to you. Your brain discounts the future. So, you know, when it comes to weight loss, one of the big challenges is the time factor, right? So this is the challenge of weight loss, right? You, you could not eat the cookie now and you might lose some weight in the future. Mm, that's, that's a tough one, you know? Because imagine the, the flip side, imagine if like if, if you just ate well today and you were 10 pounds lighter tomorrow, well, then weight loss would be a lot easier, right? And the consequently, if you ate bad today, you're 10 pounds heavier, right? So it'd be a lot easier if, if, if that time thing disappeared. But the time thing's there, it's a central aspect of weight loss, okay? So this is why just focusing on weight loss is very ineffective because it goes against how your brain operates, you know? Again, the idea of like the food now, this is what your brain says, I could have the food now, guaranteed enjoyment, or potential in the future I might lose some weight is how your brain thinks of it. This is, nah, I think I'll have the, I'll take the sure thing now. I'll eat the food because I don't know if the weight loss is even going to happen. You know, and I, it's in the future. So the weight loss, the diets know this. And so what they're really fixated on and what you're fixated on is really extreme plans so that you can get the fast results because that's the only thing that even remotely motivates you is just these fast results. And so you have to do these extreme plans in order to see the weights rapidly fall off because the only possible way you're going to stay motivated, you know? And um, so once you start approaching weight loss like that, you're, so how does most weight loss happen? How do most people try and do it? They usually start from a place of extreme pain. You step on the scale, you go to the doctors, you saw a picture of yourself, saw your reflection, clothes don't fit. Someone said a comment to you. And now you're really upset. And you said, I said, I got to do something. And the only thing you're really considering is something really extreme so you can get fast results. And so you're starting this plan. Usually you're at a depleted state physically, mentally, emotionally, right? You're suffering the weight. You're not sleeping well. You're tired. You're carrying, lugging all this weight around. Your body doesn't feel well. Your energy's low. You don't sleep good. You don't hydrate, right? So you're at this depleted state. And now what you're going to do is what's the, tomorrow's Monday. And I'm going to start by what? Cutting 60% of my calories out. I'm just going to cut 60% of my calories. Out. I'm, I'm just, tomorrow I'm going to start living a completely different life. I'm just going to become a brand new person tomorrow. I'm going to eat I eat four or five times a day every day. I'm going to change all of that. I'm just going to force myself to eat differently. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. And so what happens is the way that you run, by the way, to understand how ridiculous this is in even more detail is that, and again, you don't even, when I say you don't even know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. What I'm trying to do is point out that you've been obsessed with losing weight for 30, 40 years and you have no clue how your brain works. You're, you're flying blind and in a, so, so yeah, you should hold yourself responsible. You should hold yourself responsible and say, holy shit, I've been doing this completely wrong. I'm not going to do that anymore. That, that's how I want you to hold responsible. I don't want you to hold yourself responsible and say, oh, I should be able to follow a diet. If, if I wasn't so lazy, if I wasn't uh, a sugar addict, if I wasn't this, blah, 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 then I'd just follow a diet. No, no one follows a diet at work because it's a completely ridiculous way to try and change. Dieting is like, I want to learn to play the piano, so I'm going to start playing eight hours a day. And it's like, what, what, after the first day, I can't even move my fingers. So what kind of strategy is that? You can't, you're trying to overcorrect with your weight because you get so upset and then you start some extreme plan. You can't keep it up. You're going to change your, <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, right, am I right? Am I right? Am I talking crazy? Am I saying crazy stuff? I'm not. A lot of what I do now in these live streams and my videos, it's just pointing out what you've been doing for decades and you don't realize it because that's the state of hypnosis. You just keep doing the same thing and you don't realize you're doing the same thing. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Hundreds, right? Right? 
So it's like, it's so crazy. And the crazy part as well is like, you see other people do it too. What do you, how, when someone tells you they're going to start a diet, how much do you think it's good? Do you ever think it's going to work? Honestly, in your heart, when someone you know tells you they're going to start a diet and they're going to lose weight, do you ever believe it's going to work? You know what I mean? It's like you can kind of see it a little bit better when it's someone else, but you're doing it too. And, and I understand it's just you have no alternative. So we learn through contrast. So I get on these live streams just to show you just that alone, just to show you this diet mindset and then to show you an alternative point of view. And when I show you how ridiculous the diets are and then I show you an alternative point of view, you're just like, holy shit, the dieting is the stupidest plan in the world. But it, we, they, they've, they've somehow made it the only plan in the world. People, they literally can't think of another way to lose it. Yeah, okay. So there, someone says, it took me a year to lose 25 pounds. It took a long time, but the mindset is what changed for me. Yeah. 10 pounds in 21 days. That's great. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of weight, and that's great. Um, it's all impressive. I'm, I'm, when I start hearing years that's when I start perking up my ears because that's how I created my whole program I started studying people that lost weight and kept it off. Turns out they got a totally different mindset. Learned a lot from them. <laughs> they think about all this t totally different, you know? So if you lost a lot of weight quickly in a short amount of time, I'm happy for you, but recognize one other thing, right? That a lot of times the motivation, you know, when we lose weight, the food pleasure goes down, right? Because we eat less food, less of the foods that give us pleasure. That goes down. But what we replace it with is a scale going down. The thing you got to get yourself ready for. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You listen to me. Then no wonder. Yeah. Then, then, then that's a good weight loss because I know you're approaching it different. So as I watch you every day, I'm grateful you're here. Yeah, it's great. 10 pounds in 21 days, right? That's something else. Um, but you got to recognize too, though. You got to recognize even right from now. And I, I, this is the dieters are so superstitious and they're superstitious because you don't know what the hell's going on. Sometimes... You get really motivated and you're kind of lucky and you, you move forward with it, but you don't really have a sense of what's happening. So you get superstitious with it all. Um, but you got to recognize that most of the time when you go on a diet, the pleasure of the food goes down and then it's replaced by the pleasure of the scale going down. It's exciting. But what you have to prepare yourself for is the moment when you get your goal weight and then the pleasure of the scale going down is gone. So what are you going to fixate on there so you still are getting pleasure? So you still got something to focus on and be motivated. Right? Something to think about. Right? Um, someone says 75 pounds in a year. I lift weights up 10 pounds, which I needed to do five years later. Well, that's great. 75 pounds in a year. And I like those time frames. I love when I start hearing people talking about years. Most people think about their weight loss in terms of days, weeks, and maybe months, right? You need to start thinking about your weight loss in terms of years, decades, and forever, right? Because how long do you want to keep the weight off for? It's forever, I hope, you know? So the strategies you use to lose weight and the strategies you use to master your, your weight are two totally different strategies. And ironically, the weight mastery strategies are actually a lot easier because they're set up for long-term success. The weight loss strategy is usually very extreme because you just want fast results, you know? And so that creates this concept. So, so understand this, right? So I'm going to explain to you why it's so hard for you to start a diet now. Because if you're watching this right now, my, my client is usually, usually women, usually between the ages of usually 50s, 60s, and sometimes 40s, sometimes 70s. And what happens is, and I know this is what you're experiencing now if you're not actively losing weight, is that you start getting your 40s and 50s and now you've had so many experiences of doing a diet and you, you've even succeeded with some of them, which are actually the worst ones because you've actually lost weight and then you've put it back on. And that's one of the most painful things you can experience, so much disappointment. And what happens is subconsciously you start linking diets to just ultimate failure anyways. And so what most likely what's happening now 
is you think about losing weight 24 hours a day, every day, all the time, but you can't even get yourself started to do anything to actually lose it. You're just stuck. You can't get the motivation. And I'm telling you a big part of that is because you're thinking the only way you think about doing it is diet-based. And diets, again, it's short-term, it's extreme, it's all or nothing, right? Because we want fast results. If I'm gonna do it, I wanna get fast results. Oh, some of them ways, thank you. Um, and so, so I want fast results, so I gotta do something extreme. And if I'm not perfect, what's the point? Because I wanna get the fast results. He says, people are so impatient with it. And so you set yourself up right from the beginning, set up for failure, you know, because no one can be perfect. And this, this idea, this is the idea. Let's take a talk about this for a second. The idea that you're going to just change your eating tomorrow is such crazy talk. And I'll tell you why it's crazy because you don't even understand how your mind works, right? You're walking around with this general intuition that you're just this conscious being who's in control of every decision you make, right? And like, technically you kind of are like, if you choose to be, you could do that for a little bit, but you can't maintain it. Your, your willpower, your executive functionings, your ability to think logically, all, all of that stuff to make you a human, that's your prefrontal cortex. Okay. It's a, it's a, a thin layer that, that goes over the top of your brain. It's about 10% of your brain. The rest of your brain is your subconscious mind. The 90%, that's the part that's running all of your thinking, feeling, and behaviors. And you think, you think all of your behavior is just conscious. Like you think, okay, well, I'm going to lose weight tomorrow because I'm going to what? I'm going to start making better decisions, you know? But what's going on really is you're, you're an, a subconsciously oriented creature. You're on autopilot most of your life. It, I don't, this isn't a bad thing. It's just what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you keep, if you're thinking, like if you think you're this logical being who's just going to make good decisions all day long, you, have, you don't even understand what you, what you are. And you don't, and this is the part that makes me insane because it's like hypnosis is like, I think universally it's getting better, but it's, it's always been like people think of it as a goofy thing, you know, stage shows and like goofy movies making fun of it and all the rest of it. And it's like hypnosis to me is the most practical philosophy and understanding of your brain out of any of the psychologies. And I mean like Harvard psychologists, which I have worked with. <laughs> I have coached Harvard psychologists. So yeah, they got all the theories in the world, but when it comes to actually practically changing their behaviors, their thoughts, their feelings, well, whatever they learned at Harvard with their PhD, they didn't teach them that because <laughs> they had to work with me. So it's like, I find with psychology, can you give us something practical? Could you, could you tell me how to change my behaviors, please? <laughs> because <laughs> everyone's struggling with this. The problem isn't you don't know what to do. I was, so like if you were a robot and you just programmed in what you're going to eat during the day and then you would just eat it, would you have a problem with your weight? No. The problem is you know what you want to eat in the morning and uh, by the time it comes time to do it, you can't get yourself to do it. Well, how is that? Think about that for a second because this will bring you, this could be very enlightening for you here. This could be a, a moment when you had a real big epiphany about how your brain works. And it's not how you thought it was. You'll never, ever, what you're trying to do when you lose weight is you're trying to micromanage every food decision you're going to make. Your brain ain't set up that way. You know? So how do you explain that you want to lose weight as badly as you do? And I know you do. I know you want to lose weight as much as anything in the world. Okay? How do you explain that you want to lose weight so badly and then when it comes time to make the right food choices, somehow there's a party that compels you to eat the wrong thing. How do you explain that? What's happening? Right? I mean, you're, you're a conscious person. 
<laughs> you want to make the right choices. So how come, what part of, why do you eat the donut? Why do you eat the cookie when you want to lose weight? A craving? No control? I, what is it? What part of you is compelling you to do that? What part of you? Because you logically 100% want to lose weight. So what part of you is causing you to eat the wrong food? And you have no explanation for this. You got vague things that mean nothing. Well, I got cravings. Uh, I'm a sweets addict. It's stuff that means absolutely nothing in the sense that it's not helpful to you. You Think about this. You've been thinking about your weight for decades and you don't have an answer to this most basic of questions of weight loss. Why are you eating cookies when you want to lose weight? How come you can't stop yourself? Well, I'm addicted. What? Is that, is that it? <laughs> you know? So I'll give you my theory. Is this the only theory? I don't know. It's just the most... I, I'm not a genius. I, I don't know why I'm the one who has to be saying this. <laughs> because I don't know. Like, this is my theory, right? I think as a human, we have a conscious and a subconscious mind. Conscious part of your mind is very logical and rational. Knows why you should lose weight. Knows what you should do to lose weight. Wants you to do it. Tries to get you to do it. Okay? This is where your willpower is. Okay? This is your prefrontal cortex. Your conscious, logical mind. But guess what? That ain't the part that's in control, unfortunately. The part that's in control is your subconscious mind. And this part of your mind is like, it just runs the programs that have been installed into it. And you have these eating habits now that are installed into your subconscious mind and they run on autopilot. Your subconscious mind is very energy efficient. Your conscious mind is not. And so when you diet, what you're basically doing metaphorically is these behaviors just run on autopilot, don't they? Your eating runs in patterns. You're not eating random new bad things every single day. You're eating certain unhealthy things at regular times regularly. You sit on the sofa at eight o'clock at night and eat ice cream. That's a, a habit that you do regularly. I eat cookies after lunch. I eat candy bars in the afternoon. You got, you got patterns to what you're doing. Okay. And when you try and lose weight, you try and stop those patterns with your conscious mind. You say, I'm not going to eat tonight. Hold it down. Come on. This feels weird. I don't like this. Come on. Let's just have some ice cream. Just a little. No. <laughs> right. Does it not feel like that? Right? And then what happens? You, you feel so much pain, so, so motivated, you're able to hold it down for a little while. Then you get distracted, bored, sick, tired, whatever. This part fades away, and this part just keeps going like it always does. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're not, like, you lost weight, you've been six months eating well, and all of a sudden you kind of get off track, and the old habits come back like that, like they never went away. But guess what? They didn't go away. Do you know that you can't get rid of old wiring in your brain? You've got a bad habit. It's a neural connections. That's all it is. And it's wiring. Is a way to think about it, you know? These neural connections are like wiring and you think you're going to stop them with your conscious mind. But it never goes away. The wiring never goes away. And so this is why you fight it for a while with your willpower and then it just comes back, right? Because it never went away. So what do you do? Well, you got to put new wiring over it. You have to be strategic. You have to be, you know, methodical about it. And you're not. You're just trying to micromanage it. And you can only micromanage it for a little while. That's what your weight loss feels like. It's like an endurance test. How long can I do it? Someone says, my, I need my mindset changed. You do. Yeah. If you want to lose weight, it's all about a mindset change. Someone says, my favorite thing you said was focus on how you feel after you eat. Yeah, of course, right? Because that's an actual practical, useful strategy, right? Again, it's like, that's why I say, like, I, I truly believe, if I'm being completely honest, and, and I'm not saying it's only my program. I, I'm the only program I know like mine, you know, but I think of my, my program like a college course compressed into eight weeks and it's intense, but you learn about all these pieces of yourself that you have no clue about. I mean, again, I'm just some, I'm just some hypnotist. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've focused on weight loss my whole life, you know? So it's like, 
how, how do I know this stuff? I don't know. It's just, it's through experience, but it's like, why is no one talking about this stuff? Who gives a shit about, cal- I, I don't even want to hear about calories or, oh, should I eat, should I intermittent fast? Should I stay with my stomach? Should I stop eating protein? Should I eat protein? I don't want to talk about that stuff because none of it matters. The core problem is you don't even know how to think right. You don't even know how to think like a thin person. You think like an overweight person. Do you know about your self-image? You don't, probably, and it's it's crucial. You know, so in my program, right after we get through the motivation piece, we start the real work, and it starts with the self-image. You know, if you want to transform your weight, you have to recognize it's an inside-out process. Right? Maxwell Maltz figured this out in the '50s, '60s. He was a plastic surgeon. Back then, plastic surgery was about fixing deformities, and he would fix people's facial deformities or whatever deformities they had, and um, he would realize some people still acted as if they had the deformity, and it led him to realize there's a self-image. We have this concept of who we are in our minds, and we live up or down to that. Now, this self-image, you never sat down in your life and ever defined like the ideal self-image of who you could be, like the best version of you. You've never done this. And so what is your self-image? Well, it's the one you've absorbed from the people you grew up around and what they said about you and the experiences you've had, you see? So if you want to lose weight, you've been thinking like, well, I'm just going to lose the weight and then I'm just going to change into a different person. No, you're not. You are not. You might, it might magically happen, but it most likely will not, which is why 95% of people lose weight and then put it back on. I talk to these people. Why do you think people put the weight back on? I get to the deeper things. What I hear over and over again comes down to one thing. They say, I didn't feel like myself. I don't, you don't like being overweight, but you'd have to agree that you're familiar with it. Right? You're familiar with living in the world as an overweight person. And part of that is like being frustrated about it, being you know annoyed with yourself, not liking yourself or being overweight, but you're familiar with it. You're comfortable with it in that sense. Okay. And all of a sudden you start doing things different. Your subconscious mind says, oh shit, this is all brand new. You know, you get your self-deprecating jokes you say, you know what I mean? You got the things you say about your weight, you know, the, your way of talking about it with your friends, people you know, you know what I mean? What if all of a sudden you were the healthy one? Because that's a weird thing, by the way. You know, when I changed my weight, that was the, that was, oh, people around me, oh, you look sick. Are you okay? Why are you so thin? Why are you eating that way? It, oh, you a health nut? What are you starting a cult? <laughs> Do you know I mean? These are the things that were said to me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, hey, great. Your dad died at 55, 54 of a heart attack. Great. You're putting yourself on a healthy road. Good for you. I, that's not what I heard, <laughs> you know? So when you start changing, when you start acting weird, when you start being healthy, right? It's like, how are you going to deal with that? Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, <laughs> I don't, I, I guess I, I'm probably bumming you out, you know, but I, I don't mean to do that. But I, um, I say this stuff because it's just stuff we never think about. And, uh, the way people think about weight loss is so, so wrong. It's primarily, it's your mindset's more important than menopause, right? What, what I'm trying to say is like, you could have metabolic disorder, type two diabetes, menopause, Hashimoto's, whatever it's going to be. Your mindset's still more important. You know, it's, it's the most important thing, how you think about this whole process, you know? So when I say the diets, the diets never talk about mindset. They just say, here, just do this. Well, Hey, the problem is it's like, it's like me giving you like a, a, a English to Spanish. They say you want to, learn Spanish. I was like, oh, here's an English to Spanish dictionary. Here, just take it and learn it. You know what I mean? That's what the diet's like. It's like, I guess technically, okay, here's a meal plan. I should be able to force myself to do it. But the real work of, uh, of like getting better at something is the mindset piece. You know, it's not just knowing what to do and then just think you're going to do it. It's like, how does your brain work? You know? So I'll give you another example too. This is the diet thing is that 
you have this intuition that you're just missing a piece of information. And if you could get that piece of information instantly, everything would just change, you know? And so sometimes you think that information might be like a meal plan. It's like, oh, this perfect meal plan coming down the pike and now everything just changed. Now, now I'm going to be things I'm going to eat different, you know? But more, more what you're thinking in your head, you're obsessed with the question. What's wrong with me? How come I can't follow a diet? Why can't I lose weight? Why, why, why? And you're obsessed with these questions about what's wrong with you. And you think you're going to find an answer to it and that's instantly going to change everything. You have the cognitive breakthrough and all of a sudden everything's going to change. And so you have to or reorient yourself. That's the dieting hypnosis. They've done that to you because they're saying once you get this plan, once you follow this plan, then everything's going to be fixed. That's all you need. That's bullshit. That's just the very first step is having a plan. Then the real work starts and it's following the plan and reinforcing it and installing it. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Think about writing with your hand. Right? You know everything there is to know about how to write with your hand, right? Because you can do it. Right? But you can't do it with the other hand, can you? No. So you have all the information you need how to write with the other hand. You don't need to go write, get a book on how to write with my left hand. <laughs> right? That's not what you need. What you need to do is what? You just need to practice it. Reinforce it. Can you imagine? No one thinks about losing weight like practicing. You just think you're going to get some magic plan and then just be great at it. It's... It's so goofy, it, it, but it, it, you don't even realize it's goofy. That's, the, that's an example of the hypnosis that you're in. It's so crazy to think like I could just give you a sheet of paper with a meal plan on it and that would change your weight 50 pounds. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's insulting to <laughs> a logical mind. I mean, it's, it's, it takes practice. People say, oh, well, and they want to do it. They want to change all the reading all at once. You know, and then they, they can't do it. They, they, they're so discouraged. They don't want to start because it's so hard. Well, what do I do? And then I, I got to tell them what to do. And then I know they're not going to want to do it because it doesn't seem motivating. Well, what do you do? How do you change your reading? You never believe what I say. How about you just start with what you're reading now and pick one thing and start making it better? How about you start focusing on breakfast and make it more nutritious and healthier? How about you start focusing on your evening snacking and start making it better? Not completely stop it tomorrow forever. But start making it better. Start installing a new habit. You don't want that because you just want fast results. But your impatience is keeping you stuck more than almost anything. You know? Because you only look for fast, rapid results. I always joke, it's like, you know, if I, if I want to play the guitar, it's like, well, the only thing I'll, I'll learn from is like, learn guitar in three days. You know, learn, learn the guitar in a week. You know those things, right? They're just appealing to your impatience and your emotions. But that's all the diets are. Because what's a good diet? What's a good weight loss strategy out there? Write it in the write it in the chat, please. What's the best weight loss diet strategy philosophy out there? Program. Please. Whatever it is, write it down. I want to know what you think it is. And if you can't even write anything, then what what are you even doing? How are you going to lose weight? How can you be so obsessed with something and have zero plan? You know what I mean? How is that even possible? <laughs> it's it's only possible when you're in a state of hypnosis. Where you're in a st suspended... What is hypnosis? Let me talk about that real quick. Hypnosis is just the bypassing of the critical faculty. Okay, so we move past your logical, rational, conscious mind and we speak to your subconscious mind. When you watch movies or shows, you're in a hypnotic state. You're not like... Most people aren't analyzing every little thing about the movie. You're, you're absorbed in it. You're saying, okay, I'm going to buy into this philosophy. I'm going to experience it. And you mirror neurons and it's like you vicariously experience the show and the thing. And you have feelings, right? And it feels nice. And so you're not really thinking though about the movie. You're just experiencing it. 
right? You're just absorbed in it. That's how you are with the weight. You're absorbed in thinking about what's wrong with you and how you want to lose weight and how you'd like to do and how it'd be nice one day. But you have literally, literally no actual plan of how to make it happen. That, that, that's literally the definite of hypnosis, right? Um, it's the mindset of thinking as if I'd already lost this weight, how the skinny me would think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great, Malala. That's that's exactly it. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I mean, I got a whole program, but it's like I did give this stuff away for free too. You know, I, I have the, my, my business is kind of like the Robin Hood model is how I've set it up now. So, you know, there's some people that want to, they want the opportunity to invest in themselves, like college, right? I'm actually, I, like, I think colleges should be made more reasonable. I think they're ridiculously overpriced, but I don't believe in free college. I, I don't like that idea at all. I think the idea that you invest some money, put some skin in the game, I think is an important part of the process of change. You know, not only did I pay for college, but I've invested over a hundred grand in myself in personal development programs, certifications, trainings. And I, because I invest that money, then the more I've invested, the more I showed up. I think with weight loss, I was just a dabbler and there's no even lines in the sand. You never really invest anything. Oh, what am I, I'm going to, you don't even invest in a plan. Like you don't invest in a diet book a lot of times, <laughs> but even if you do, it's not even enough. Oh, just eat this, eat this, eat this. Okay. I don't know how to do it. That's great, Malala. That's, that's awesome. You really get that one too. Cool. Um, let's see. Let me get to some questions. I don't want to see if anyone wrote. I lost 42 pounds in 10 months with just changing my eating. Yeah. Still four pounds is my goal. Congratulations, Jen. That's awesome really good and just change your reading too by the way i want to make that point that that changing your reading is how you do it someone says oh but difficult difficult would be the maintaining the long-term goal the goal long term yeah well i know that feels that way and i'm glad you're thinking about it now in my program we start with maintenance on day one you know it's all about how can i live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autopilot that's the mantra you know that's the goal you know, now the beauty is your, your subconscious mind's a servo mechanism. So when you ask the right questions, your subconscious mind will give you the answers. It takes a little while. Um, unfortunately, you're asking the wrong questions a lot of times. What's wrong with me? How come I can't stick to something? Why am I so fat? Why am I overweight? Why can't I stop eating shitty foods? You know, and you're obsessively asking questions like that. And your subconscious mind's like, oh, because this happened when you're young. Oh, because you're addicted to sweets. And oh, you're very problem oriented in your questions. Okay. So it's very important when we ask questions, to be solution oriented. What's the goal we want? And it takes effort to do that because you've been trained to think, to ask problem-oriented questions and your brain does it too, automatically to a point. Um, yeah. Cravings, emotional. I have difficulties with feeling hunger when eating smaller portions. How do I manage this? Don't eat smaller portions. There's another bullshit diet idea, okay? Is that... Okay, so here's the secret to weight loss. The holy grail is how can I reduce, because to lose weight, you need to create a caloric deficit. You need to consume less calories than you used to at your higher weight, okay? And this, I don't like caloric deficit because it really pins, it anchors us to the over, the high level of calories. But you need to learn how to live comfortably with less calories going into your body regularly each day. Okay, so how do you do that? Now, what people tend to do, and again, it's because the diets don't want you to lose weight, is that you think smaller portions are how I'm going to do it. And so also what you do, give me some likes if this is true. I'm going to say it. Do you not believe in your heart that the way you got to lose weight is you got to get, you have to be comfortable being really hungry, right? That's how you got to lose weight, isn't it? You got to be hungry all the time because you're going to get way smaller portions than you're used to and you're going to be hungry all the time. That's how you're going to lose weight, Right. Yeah. And that's bullshit. You'll never lose weight that way. I don't, I'm not hungry at all. I manage my hunger all day long from the hour I get up. My, we, we use what's called a hunger scale. <laughs> Are you familiar with a hunger scale? So it's just think of zero to 10, right? Zero is absolutely starving. 10 is absolutely stuffed. 
And so you want to manage that hunger. If you think your weight loss is, because what happens with weight loss? What's people's favorite strategy for losing weight? So it's to not eat all day. Spoiler alert. So what happens is you start the day, your willpower is at the highest it's going to be, your hunger's at the lowest. Okay. And so as the day goes on, people say, well, I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat lunch because I'm not that hungry and I have lots of willpower. Okay, great. Here comes lunch. Right. And now we start getting to the afternoon. Now the willpower starts dipping and the hunger starts getting higher. Right. And now it just becomes an endurance test, right? From two on, right? And so now it's like, okay, how long can I hold on? How how long? Then four, three, four o'clock, I cute. Oh, now I'm eating everything, eating everything, eating everything, eating everything. Right. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Well, that's a shitty strategy. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't stop people from trying it multiple times a month right? But it doesn't work. So I'm here to tell you that it doesn't work. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I'm not hungry. I manage my hunger. So how do I reduce calories while feeling full? I don't know. Should I even tell you? I, how can you not know this? You've been thinking about weight loss for 30 years. How do you not know the answer to this? How's that possible? Huh? How's it possible? How could you have tried so many diets and thought about weight loss for for 30 years 40 years obsessively day in and day out and not know how to reduce your calories do you even know to reduce the calories sometimes i'll make a video and be like you know the one way to lose weight is to reduce your calories i get people say that's bullshit that's not true i say well what do you what how do you lose weight i never get the answers (laughs) but i know what they're referring to right they're referring to the idea that well, when you're what? When you're menopausal, you can't lose weight. No matter how many calories you cut, your hormones are so imbalanced that you're just going to hold on to the weight no matter what. What is that based on? Because I made a whole career out of helping postmenopausal women lose weight. So I don't know if that's true, you know? So what do you think? If you, if you don't create a caloric deficit, how are you going to lose weight? Right? So, so creating caloric, lowering your calorie intake is, is the only way you're going to lose weight, okay, consistently. You know, you have to reduce the amount of calories you're consuming. So how do you reduce the amount of calories you're consuming and feel satisfied? (laughs) I'll tell you. It's calorie density, right? It's all about calorie density, right? So what that means is part of what makes you feel full, and you think what makes you feel full is the calories, and that's just a small part of it. What makes you feel full more than anything else is the volume of the food you're eating, okay? And so this is where calorie density comes in. A cookie is very calorie dense. And so the sugar and the butter and the flour in that little cookie, there might be 150 calories in there, but it only takes up this much space, okay? So you eat that cookie and you're going to still feel hungry. So why volume matters is when you eat the volume of food, it, it stretches your stomach out. Your stomach has stretch receptors. And so that's part of what leads to you feel more satisfied. So if we take a cookie that's this big, it's 150 calories, and we compare that to a salad that's this big, that's 150 calories, there's your answer, right? It's that that, ta- that makes you feel satisfied and full and you've only consumed 150 calories and now you're satisfied for two, three hours. Where you eat the cookie and you're hungry five minutes later. And so that's the secret, is calorie density. And if you didn't know about calorie density, which I know you didn't, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Again, I, I just say all this stuff just to point out that they're not teaching you how to lose weight, right? I can't make that any more clear. Cause you don't believe me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in your heart, you still, you believe you want to believe that you know what to do and you know what to do. You just have to do it. And my goal here to prove to you more than anything else is you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to lose weight, which is why you haven't. And you have to learn how to lose weight. 
you've got to look at it holistically. It's just a whole people approach their weight loss like your look at the bank account, credits and debits. And I'm gonna get a diet and I'm just gonna reduce the, the the calories coming in. You know? And it's like it's such an asshole view. Like, like uh, no offense, but it's so stupid to think it's that simple. It's stupid just on its face, but it's even more stupid when you realize how many times you've tried and it hasn't worked. And then it's even more stupid when you think, oh, there's something wrong with me. No, it's the plan. It's so stupid. It's so superficial and one-dimensional. Your weight loss isn't like credits and debits of bank accounts. It's like the stock market. It's all these different factors that are influencing it. You know? So you have to have this holistic approach. I have not seen, I, I have seen people that are like so strict and they're that diet mindset. They're very, very strict with it and they can get results. I've seen some people do it, but they're miserable. It's a miserable, shitty quality of life, you know? So again, the main point of what I'm talking about is to improve the quality of your life, to enjoy yourself, to feel better than you ever have, to squeeze the most enjoyment out of food, your life, how you feel, your health, how long you can live, your relationships, you know what I mean? Like, again, I say you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. That's the secret. Right? Um, but yeah, let me get to your questions. I wanted to see, I know, I wanted to see the program, the good program that's out there. Oh, someone said Bright Line Eating, yeah. Um, 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 someone says, I think I'm going to try your program. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> um, no one just tries my program. You either do my program or you don't. <laughs> and I'm not picking on you, but I, I do want to make a point um, that, you know, people always say, well, how do I do your program? Well, you can't just do my program. You know, you can't just go to a page and buy my program, which is the only diet weight loss program in the world, probably that doesn't really just go buy it because how most diets work is they just, they prey on people getting real emotional. Remember I talked about that pain-based emotion. They're preying on people to be really upset because they just stepped on the scale, just saw that picture of themselves, just saw the reflection. Their clothes don't fit now. They just went to the doctors and they're really emotional. I just want to lose weight. And then they got that, oh, here, buy my program. Not me. You've got to watch a training first for a half hour. <laughs> you, if you want to go even find out about my program, but before you do that, by the way, you should do this anyways, because I'm talking, I'm bing bonging all over the place here, but you should go, go in my description or go in my bio. And there's a link to the three steps to become thin, right? Three steps to master your weight. I'll just give them, I'll show it to you. Okay. And I'll break this down into pieces. So you, you don't know any of it. And I can't teach all of it in this, but it's, um, it'll at least give you you could, it'll start to break it down and give you some sense of what to start basing your, your weight mastery on. Okay. And it's free. Just go in my description, click on the link. You put your name and email address in and you're brought to a page with a video. Just push the play button. 50% of the people can't push the play button. They, they get halfway there and then they never push the play button. Um, so you got to do that. Right. And the reason I do it this way is I, I, my program is, is challenged. I, my program is definitely more intense. It's like a college course con condensed into eight weeks. I say that a lot because that's what it's like. It's a 60 page workbook, you know, where you're going to customize your own mindset, blueprint, lifestyle, blueprint, eating blueprint. It's a literal one of a kind for you, um, personalized roadmap to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on your autopilot. Okay. And so I, my program, I, I reference college a lot because you don't just try college. Do you, <laughs> right? It was, eh, maybe I'll enroll in college and see how it goes. No, right. The, the, the attitude you have when you go to college is, okay, this is going to be hard. It's a big investment of time, energy, and money, but it's so important to me. Getting this degree and getting this, this area of my life fixed and figured out is so important to my life that I'm going to commit this time, energy, and money to fixing this. And that's the attitude you need. You know, the, the, again, this is the diamond tally. We're just dabbling. Oh, I'll, I'll try. I'm gonna try keto this week. Let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, let's roll the dice. Very conditional. 
Now, as long as the scale's going down, oh, man, it's going pretty good. And then you have a week where the scale doesn't go down or, God forbid, it goes up. Oh, I don't know what was happening. It was working, and now I don't know. I've, I don't know. Screw that. I'll, I'll find something else. I'll wait till the next thing, you know? So there ain't no try my program. You either you commit to it or you don't, you know? And that's what I love about my program. It's only for... Again, it's, it's, it's not for most people, you know, but these frees are for everyone. You know what I mean? So, and by the way, if you log in there, um, I, I'll e I email you every day. You know what I mean? I'm going to coach you literally through email and I'll send you stuff every day, um, just to help support you to wait, master your weight. So my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And I do it for free, you know, but there's a lot of people, mine's the Robin hood model. So there's a lot of people that want to invest in themselves and, and really commit to this and master this area of their lives. And they want to work with me in a, more committed way, you know? And so those people, you know, finance the operations. So I can do all this for free. That's why I shifted it off in the fall. So I do live streams every day for a couple hours, you know, because again, this allowed me to kind of reach my mission. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if you're really serious and you really want to commit to this mastery of your life, you know, again, you go watch that training. And then at the end of it, I'll, I'll talk about my program. You can learn about it. Someone says it gets lonely fighting a fight alone, but I know there isn't any other way. Yeah, I get that. It is hard doing it on your own. Support's important. Again, back to that college metaphor. I talk about this a lot because at this point, day and time, it's crazy. There's a site called like Coursera and there might be other places as well, but you can almost, you can literally like get like a college education for free. You know what I mean? It's like, you'd all, you get all the information I should say. And it's like, you have to go through it yourself, but think about that experience, right? So it's like, you go to Coursera. I saw a guy, I read a book, I forget his name, Scott Young, I think, but his deal was he went and did a MIT degree on his own, right? Now it takes a certain type of person, right? Because uh, the information's there and you can get it. But think about the experience of like, oh, I'm going to go through a four-year college program on my own online by myself, right? For free. And a person saying, you know what, I'm going to enroll in college and go there and work with the professors and, and systematically do it. You know, those are two completely different experiences. And we can all guess which one's probably going to be more successful, you know? So again, the opportunity to be able to invest in something like in my program, I don't, I don't sell my program. Um, like you, you work with me, you know what I mean? Like we have calls every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, I bring you through the program because it's not like, like answering the questions. It's not that that part's hard. It's all these subconscious emotional blocks you have to doing like simple things that, that stops you more than anything else, you know? So yeah, I think trying to do it on your own is it's definitely harder. You know, it's a lot easier when you have, you know, other people in the same boat and then like someone like me, it's like when you go to college, what happens? You're expecting it's going to be hard, but you're expecting there's going to be support systems there. The professors are going to work you through it, you know? So having someone there when you get stuck is really helpful. Weight loss, again, you're just, I think that's why Weight Watch is probably the best solution, you know, in the sense, and it's it's different now because they're moving away from their groups, but the group was helpful, you know what I mean, that, that social piece. So again, I always take everything that works. That part of Weight Watchers is the best part of Weight Watchers, in my opinion. I like the points for the sense that it creates more awareness of what you're eating, you know, but they never show you how to actually, it's not a good strategy. It's not like a holistic strategy to really master your weight. You know, and so, um, but, but having support and having structure and having people there, you know, that know, again, I know, I know what you're thinking about your weight more than you do. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I really do. You're hearing me say it. You're hearing me say things about weight that you can't believe you've never thought. And it's not like I'm, I'm not teaching you crazy concepts. I'm not teaching anything new. I'm pointing out things that are right in front of you. You haven't noticed, you know, and that's a lot of times what you need to really create the change you need that you want to make. Um, let's see here. Someone said, I like bright line eating. Yeah, I like bright line eating too. And uh, 
but on the flip side, I've also had a lot, I, I've worked with a lot of people that have done the bright line eating and it didn't work for them, you know? So I like bright line eating, um, but it gets to the point, my main philosophy that I say all the time is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay. And so what I don't like about bright line eating, and I like a lot of, it, and I love Susan Pierce Thompson. I think she, to me is the smartest, like weight loss I don't know how you refer to her. She knows so much about the brain, right? I mean, she's a professor, right? She's super smart. And I'm just very impressed by her. And so she she talks about it in such great detail. I've learned so much from her. So I think that's all all great. But her methodology is very, very specific. It's, it's for a very specific type of person. And what happens with the diets, again, it's this idea that you're going to fit your square peg into a round hole. You know, you're going to force yourself to follow this because you have to follow it to the letter, I mean, it's bright lines, right? They're very specific bright lines about what you're going to do. And you have to have those, those got to become what you're going to do, you know? And so it, it's fine. And it, it certainly works for some people, but it also doesn't work for a lot of people. So I'm a big believer that you have to customize a one size fits one plan for yourself. And so it takes a little more work in the beginning, but you end up with a plan that's custom made for you. And that makes it easier to follow. But bright line eating. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably one of the best ones out there. Um, someone says a mindset change. The one you will do, someone said. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This was, a, well, again, I asked, and, and if anyone's on here that wasn't on here, write down the best the best weight loss program, plan, strategy, diet, whatever you want to call it, philosophy. What's the best one out there? Because think about this, right? Weight loss is a billion, billion dollar industry, right? You've been trying to lose weight for decades. So what, in your mind, what what is your strategy? What strategy are you following? What is the strategy? I know what it is. It's a diet strategy where you're just going to try it tomorrow. Well, here comes Monday. It's coming up, right? And you're just going to try and eat better. You know, and, and you have some ideas about macro. It's probably macro oriented, right? Protein, carbs, fat, some somewhere in that ballpark where you can try and limit those things. You know, maybe it's intermittent fasting. That's kind of a hot one. I get that question all the time. Again, I like intermittent fasting as part of a, a full strategy, but intermittent strategy, intermittent fasting is a tactic. You know, that's what you got to recognize. The diets are just feeding you tactics. It's not a complete strategy. And, and that's why you're struggling. And, and it's, it's, it's insidious because it's a, it's a tactic that makes sense conceptually, right? The biggest example, again, is, is keto. The, the idea like, okay, just stop eating carbs, right? Nothing could sound simpler until you try and do it. And you're like, oh shit, 80% of my food is carbs, turns out. You know, and then I think they go too far. I think the idea, you know, anytime you start reducing vegetables from your diet, I think you, you should probably question what you're doing, but that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? Take it or leave it. Um, but yeah, people are just writing ideas. So there's not even like an idea. Bright lines is a full idea. So I, I respect that one. Um, being consistent. Yeah, sure. Right. But how do you just be consistent? By the way, you don't know how to be consistent. How are you going to be consistent if you don't know how your brain works? Right. If you don't have a, a deeper understanding how, like what are habits? Why do you eat the same shitty foods at the same times? You do, right? You're not just like, most the, most people aren't just like eating, you know, cookies and donuts and stuff all day long. It's like the, the stuff's running in patterns. You have patterns, do you not? You, so just so you know, your habits, what triggers them? That's usually a time of day or week, um, person, people that are there, or you're all alone, um, your moods, right? The, the, those trigger them. And then locations, where you're at. Right. So these four things, and, and they can all work together too, and sometimes it'd be one, but they're triggering your habits. Have you ever noticed that your bad eating habits, they don't just spontaneously happen all different times over the week. They run in cycles. They run in patterns. 
Yeah. So again, I mean, there, there's, there's a full system. You know what I mean? Like a complete system. So let me, I'll, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll go through what it is in a second. Can you do a hypnosis to get rid of a fear? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would have to know what the fear was, but yeah, absolutely. Um, how do we find more info about your program? Yeah, go watch the training. You know, if you can make it through a half hour training, you know, then, um, th- then you're able to join the program, you know, and no one can, no one can buy the program until they, uh, until they watch that training, you know, because if you can't get through a half hour training, you'll never get any results in my program anyways. You know, my program is a commitment. It's intense. I mean, you want to master your weight or you don't, you know? And, um, unfortunately, you know, again, with, with weight, another thing about weight is you way undervalue it, you know? And so it's like, you know, don't even get me started on the, on the, you, you, you invest probably close to nothing in your weight and your health, to be honest, you know? I mean, geez, people, I mean, they got Planet Fitness is like $10 a month or something, you know? Now, I'm not trying to be an elitist here. I'm just saying like, you compare what you spend on your cable and your phone bill to what you invest in your health and your weight, you know? Now, I don't blame you for this. Again, you, you're conditioned through culture and there's always the, the obesity ex, uh, epidemic. There's like an obesity conspiracy and it's really three main players. It's the food producers who are constantly... You know what I mean? Jamming the shit down our throats with all those commercials, um, trying to get us addicted to their foods and then creating very addictive foods. Uh, there's the diets. It's the same thing. They're the same companies. And they're just, you know, in another way, they're just programming on the food. And there's the medical establishment and they're just complicit. You know, you go to the doctors and you're 60 pounds overweight and the doc goes, yeah, you know, you should probably lose some weight. All right, see you, see you next year. It's like, that's it? How about you make it clear to them what's going on in their body? How about you make it clear what type 2 diabetes living with that's like? How about you make it clear that being overweight and obese is most likely going to reduce your lifespan. You're going to die three to seven years earlier than you need to. And the years before you die are going to be not as good as they could be because you're sick, Lee. You know what I mean? Like, but, but you've been trained to undervalue your, your weight and your health. You know, that's another part of it. No, if you fill up on veggies and good food, you don't get hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so true. Um, boredom is the killer in the evenings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Emotional eating is the main thing you have to deal with. I, I believe this. You know, at the end of the day, your your weight issue comes down more to emotional eating than anything else. You know, you're not eating just for nourishment to fuel your body. You're eating because you're using it to manage your emotions, to feel emotions you want to feel and to not feel emotions you don't want to feel. Eating is probably your number one strategy to deal with your emotions, most likely. You know, most Americans, that's that's the problem. And again, it's not your fault. You've been literally, literally hypnotized. I mean, you have seen, think about this. Food advertisers are the second biggest advertisers on the planet. And you have seen literally millions and millions of food ads and they're all programming your subconscious mind. And um, what they're doing in the simplest form, right? What you want to understand about the advertising is they're taking their foods and they're associating them. They're linking them to emotions that have nothing to do with their product, right? I think no one does this more than Coca-Cola, okay? And the most egregious thing they did is when they put those friggin' names on the cans, well, what does that do? Think about this on a subconscious level, because this will teach you a bit about your mind in a, a practical way. Why would they do that? Right? It's because now consciously, it's not about the name I can't, it's stupid. It doesn't matter. It's dumb. On a subconscious level, it personalizes the soda to actually be friends. 
right? Or God forbid you see your name on the can. I can't just like me. It doesn't make any logical sense. I'm not saying it's logical, <laughs> but advertising is not logical. There, every ad is hypnosis, by the way, you know? So that's why you need to learn self-hypnosis. You know, my program is, it's like the very first thing you do is you learn the program yourself then technique. It's a two minute technique you use at night. Um, it's really two techniques, a redo and rehearsal technique. And that gives you the ability to program your subconscious mind. You need to be able to hypnotize yourself and you have to. I don't think you can create, I don't think it's even possible for you to create intentional change in your life and your behavior and the results you're getting without using and understanding hypnosis. I, I literally don't. I don't know how you would do it because all of your behaviors are subconsciously oriented. So I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would do it. Now that's me as a hypnotist saying that and I've been using hypnosis for 30 years um, but I don't know, I don't know how I would change anything if I didn't understand hypnosis. You know, if you don't, you're just kind of relying on spontaneous hoping that it works, you know. Um, someone says, example, avocados help. I don't know what that means. More veg, more protein. Yep, that's always good. Uh, calorie dense foods. Yeah, you got to watch out for those. So I got some questions here. Any questions? Thanks. Thank you for your content. Super helpful. Yeah, awesome, Jilly. One without restriction. Yeah, no restrictions. Yeah, Weight Watchers. Some of our Weight Watchers. Yeah, Weight Watchers out of all of them is probably one of the better ones for sure. You know? What are your thoughts on Awaken 180? I don't know Awaken 180 yet. I'll have to check that out. Awaken 180. I like the name. Yes, but I'm losing weight. I did keto a year and a half. First time I started eating carbs, I gained weight so fast and then some. Well, yeah, you know, and that's the problem there. Um, now, I don't know what kind of carbs you're talking about. I, it drives me insane. Listen, I get the keto thing. Like, I I, I like, like, aspects of it. Like, the idea that, like, refined carbs is a big problem in the standard American diet, you know? Probably probably problem number one, refined carbs, I would say. Flour, you know? I think I, I like the Bright Line thing in that. The sugar and flour. So here's another way for you to conceptualize your eating that might be helpful to you is to start looking at what percentage of your food each day is powders, Right. So this was a realization I had last month when I was making cookies that I was like, wow, because I was making cookies. and I was like, this is all just powder, you know. And so it's like I realized it's a trick of the mind. Like uh, you can eat like a bagel. Right. And it's like it's chewing. It's big. And you, you feel like you're chewing on stuff. But it's really just powder. It just turns into powder in your body. You know. So how much of the food you eat in a typical day are flours and sugar powders, you know, because if you're struggling with hunger, I promise you that's a big reason why, you know, eat less powder is going to be a lot easier to lose weight. I did keto a year and a half. First time I started eating carbs. So I don't know what kind of carbs they are. I mean, were they, you start eating a lot more vegetables and you start gaining weight, you know, or are you talking about, I started eating carbs like breads and, you know, flour. That would be interesting to know. Um, intermittent fasting is good for giving the body a reset so it can allow cells to regenerate. Yeah. 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 I, I like intermittent fasting. I think it's a good part of the overall strategy. It's a great tactic. I use it myself. I think it's very great. But studies have shown it doesn't increase weight loss. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you need a holistic approach. So I always get this when people say, well, what about menopause, menopause? And it's like, I think menopause, hormonal imbalances, metabolic disorders, what they do is they reveal, most often the time what they do is they reveal an unhealthy lifestyle. You know, you get older, you, you can't, the, the lifestyle rears its head, you know? And so, um, you know, until you clean up your lifestyle. So what's a clean lifestyle, right? So again, well, let me get to the bottom here. I'm going to talk about lifestyle in a second. Um, so my brother does plants-based, no sugar. I can't do that. Too restrictive for me. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's like, because we, 
Americans, I think especially, are very bad at nuanced thinking and dieting on top of it's even worse. So it's this all or nothing mindset, you know? And so, you know, what was, oh, your brother does plant-based and no sugar, okay? I can't do that. Well, what if you did more plant than you eat now and less sugar than you normally eat? Just start there. Do you know what I mean? But notice how that, that almost doesn't even seem like an option. You know, it's like we need all or nothing. And it's so it's like you don't want to be all or nothing. I always tell people that you want to be all or something that that alone will change your weight, bring 50 percent of the weight to your goal weight. OK, but again, there's always subconscious things. I tell you, it's funny, like I, I do a I like a, a group. So we were doing a group call the other day, you know, and it's went through like seven, seven things. And, and what it always is more often than not, what's keeping you overweight is the way you're thinking about things. You're trapped into a way of thinking about things that's ineffective and you don't realize it. You know, so it's rarely me saying like, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's more me saying, how are you thinking about that? You know what I mean? And reflecting on the thinking. And that's what's changing all the time. You know, it's it's not like the tactics. It's just, oh, do this. But so, yeah. So you don't have to just be plant based and no sugar. Be more plant based and less sugar. Right. And, And then work on it. See how it feels and then get better and better at it. Every night I have the motivation, but the next day it's out the window. Yeah. Classic. Right. Yeah. It's like there's two versions of you. You know, and there is, there's multiple versions of you, by the way. Do you even know about that? (laughs) Do you know you're, do you know that you are a multiple personality being? You do, right? You may not have defined it that way, but you know this, right? How you feel at night's a lot different than how you feel in the morning, isn't it? How you feel watching this right now is different than how you're going to feel five hours from now, Saturday night. But if you don't know how to, if you don't know this, you can't strategize around it. You can't fix it. But you're right. Yeah. You're a different person throughout the day. Someone says I'm a pre-diabetic now. Very scary. Yeah. Most people are pre-diabetic. You just, it's just, that's what I mean. Okay. So pre-diabetes is just like, it's how I look at the menopause. And please don't get offended with me because I think there's real menopause issues. There's real hormonal issues. There are real metabolic disorders that make weight loss very difficult. I, I know that. But you're never going to know how much of it is the the physical problem and how much it's your lifestyle until you clean your lifestyle up. And so most people are pre-diabetic and it's just your, your body can only maintain it so long. How's pre-diabetes happening? Let me reframe sugar for you real quick. Take this with you if you want. Because people walking around like, oh, sugar's not good for me. And that's how they're thinking about it. Right? They're still eating it regularly, but they're thinking about, oh, sugar's bad for me. So the way to change things, what the way you think you change things is sugar's bad for me. I'm going to stop myself from eating it. But what's what's the how do you perceive sugar? That's what's driving your behavior. Okay? And the way you perceive sugar is that you think about eating it. You think about how it feels on your tongue and then swallowing and eating it, looking forward to it. Okay? So a real simple thing, you're hearing people say this, right? So again, when you listen to me for free, this is the biggest thing you can get out of it is that subconsciously you are fixated on the consumption of food. Take one step back. All food's good and bad. Sugar's good and bad. It's good because it tastes good and it releases dopamine. And it's pleasurable to eat it. It's bad because of what it does to our weight and our health and our bodies. Okay? Good and bad. Everything is good and bad. Everything is good and bad. <laughs> Once you accept this, it makes it easier to create change. Okay? And so sugar's good and bad. And so going back into the consumption, every food ad has hypnotized you to subconsciously focus on food, but just the consumption of it. So when you think about sugar, you're not thinking about sugar. You're thinking about a cookie. You're thinking about ice cream and you're thinking about eating it. And you're thinking about how good it tastes. 
And then you have some logical idea that it's not good for you and you try and stop yourself. But your subconscious uh, perception of sugar is almost completely fixated on the enjoyment of eating it. Okay? And so, and then you try and stop yourself with your conscious knowledge of how it's bad for you. And how has that worked for you? How does that process work? It doesn't work for long, does it? It doesn't work very well at all. <laughs> you keep eating things you know you shouldn't eat is what happens. Right? <laughs> And so what you want to do instead is you want to change the perception, the subconscious perception of the food. So you don't need willpower. Okay. And the way you do that is you can't bullshit yourself. You have to look at the true painful consequence. And that consequence of weight gain is too far in the future. That's not going to be effective. You need to look at the consequence of five, 10 minutes after you finish eating. So sugar, you can't just say sugar because sugar is a logical concept you have. And the way you perceive sugar is in the forms you eat it in. You don't just eat sugar, right? You don't eat spoonsfuls of sugar. This is what you talk about. But subconsciously, when you think about sugar, you're thinking cookies, cake, ice cream, candy bars, whatever other form it comes in. That's how you're thinking about sugar. And it's very pleasurable. Okay? So what do you do? What you have to do is you have to start orienting yourself to the consequence. How do you feel 10 minutes after eating the ice cream? How do you feel 10 minutes after eating the cookie? Mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mentally, how are you talking to yourself? 10 minutes after you finish the ice cream, what are you saying to yourself in your little noggin there? What are you saying? Are you saying, hey, great job. I'm glad you ate that ice cream. Good for you. You deserved it. Is that what you're saying to yourself? <laughs> or are you saying, oh, you... I'm not going to go into what people say because I'm trying to keep it somewhat clean, but I know how mean you are to yourself and you're saying, oh, you fat shit. Oh, you jerk. Look what you did again. You deserve, you're never going to lose. Look at you. You did it again. You never change, right? Mean stuff. Okay. That's the mental piece of it. What are you saying to yourself? How are you thinking about yourself? Okay. And then there's the emotional piece. What emotions do you feel 10 minutes after you eat the ice cream, the cookies, the cake, whatever? Do you feel excited, happy, proud of yourself? Do you feel rewarded? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel entertained? Or do you feel <laughs> guilt, shame, frustration, pissed off that you did it again, despair, worry, freaking out? What am I doing? I'm pre-diabetic. Why did I just do that? What, what is going on? Which consequence? You know what I mean? Like, like, so, so that consequence is real and it's close enough to mean something to us. So you're hearing people say, that's the big shift that I help people with is subconsciously we shift the way you think about food from consumption primarily, and that's how you're thinking about it now, to the consequence that's just right around the corner, right, right at the end of finishing it. And as you start thinking about food from that perspective, guess what? You naturally and automatically make different choices. It matters almost nothing to your motivation. You could be completely unmotivated about losing weight. But if I sit there and you're sitting there about to make a food choice and I say, hey, wait a second, just real quick, how are you going to feel 10 minutes from now when you eat that? If I just ask that question and get you to answer it genuinely, internalize what it really is, there's a very good chance you're not going to, you're going to decide I don't want that. Now that's a better strategy for managing your eating. <laughs> so there you go. All right. There's one for you for free. Um, absolutely emotional eating. Now, again, the, pre, the pre-diabetic, so let me just speak to that real quick, because that's what, being overweight, being worried about being, getting diabetes, worried about metabolic disorders, heart attacks, um, cancers, uh, whatever. It could be the worst stuff in the world. I literally, 
it doesn't matter. They did a study with, with men that had had heart attacks and only 20% of them changed their lifestyle. So you could literally be on death's door and still not change your behaviors. Okay. Part of the reason why is that when we get so obsessed with the, the scary thing, we start keep obsessing on it and we feel scared and scared and worried and all the rest of it. And when we get into such a negative state, guess what we do to get out of it? You use the strategy you have to manage your emotions, which is eating. Okay. So this is why beating yourself up doesn't work either. You beat yourself up about how you look and what you haven't done and all the rest of it. You beat yourself up so much that you feel so bad that you don't want to feel bad. You want to feel better. And what, how do you feel better? Well, the food's the main way that you deal with your emotions. Okay. So beating yourself up is very ineffective. Trying to scare yourself, even with prediabetes, it usually doesn't really change much, you know? Um, but I feel for you because it is scary because being diabetic is, uh, it's scary and you're not even internalizing. I, I know cause I've, I've worked with lots of people with diabetes and they don't even internalize it proper. Um, I'm going to go through some of these comments, see a lot of them. I found, well, I have a friend. I'm going to see that because I saw Nutrisystem. I have a friend starting Nutrisystem. I told her I wouldn't want all that processed stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't either. She said, no, it's very healthy. <laughs> well, what's healthy? I don't know. I guess that's up for people to decide, you know? Yeah. Avocados. Oh, help keep me full is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. The carbs I ate were bread. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like you stopped eating bread and then you start eating bread. And, but again, most likely it's an all or nothing thing. Um, that ketosis thing. I, I'm not a big fan of keto. I don't. Again, well, I like to start, every, what I always tell people with, the, with in terms of their eating philosophy. So my program is diet agnostic, right? Meaning you could be a carnivore and succeed with it. You could be a vegan and succeed with it. It, it doesn't matter what you want to do because it's built around you figuring out how you want to eat, you know, and deciding that. And then it's all, everything supports whatever, however you want to eat. All right. Um, but what, what, like this idea of like the keto thing, I think is, is crazy in the sense, because what I tell people, I said, the, the first day you're, that you're going to think about eating differently to lose weight, you better be comfortable with doing that for the rest of your life. Because what's the point if, you, if it's not? I referenced like the HCG diet. I reference this a lot because I think it's the craziest. And I think it's, it's instructive of how hypnotized people are with weight loss. But so the HCG, if you don't know, it's a hormone pregnant women have. They'll inject that with you, right? That's the, that's the spiel. That's the misdirection. There's always misdirection with these diets. So HCG, it's like, oh, we're going to inject this hormone that pregnant women have, and it's going to help you lose weight. And there's also a plan, an eating plan, where you eat 500 calories a day. <laughs> and there's the misdirection. There it is, you know? It's like, oh, there's a, a hormone shot, but oh, yeah, you're going to eat 500 calories a day. So why do that? Why do that to yourself? And it's because people are so fixated on just losing the weight that they're not thinking rationally. But why would you cut your calories down to 500 a day so that you can lose weight that way? Unless you just are a glutton for punishment. And you just want to feel like shit when, however long you keep that up, because what's going to happen at some point when you, when you go back up to what, 1200 calories. Cause that's ridiculous too. But, uh, anyways, the, the keto things like that in that sense that I don't think it's really a long-term strategy. You know, I've never done keto, but I've talked to a lot of people that have, and guess what? They start to feel like shit. Most of the time, the weight loss is fun. It's quick weight loss for sure. Um, but they start feeling like someone poured cement into their body <laughs> and uh, they feel, that, that's what I hear a lot of times. You know, the weight loss part's cool, you know, and they're eating in a very strange way, you know, in my opinion. Um, it's very strange to just pick one period of history and say, that's how I want to eat. 
Plus, they find out the the paleo people ate more more uh, vegetables and, and greens than they thought anyway. So whatever. But but if you say, well, I'm gonna I'm never gonna eat bread again. I'm never getting carbs again. Really. You know what I mean? And so maybe you should actually create a plan that you're willing to live with forever. Because if you completely cut carbs out of your body, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want to do that to myself knowing I'm probably going to eat bread again. You know? Um, yeah, regarding keto, people don't want to go without bread or pizza, cookies, and donuts. Yeah, I wouldn't either. The, I could tell you, the thing I could decide to make, throw my eating out of whack more than anything is if you said, I'm never going to eat a cookie again. I can never eat sugar again. I'd be eating sugar by the end of the day. <laughs> you know? So this idea... So let me just talk about that real quick because this is gets over, lost on a lot of people. Um, even with your goal weight, you know, sometimes people just pick a number, you know, but this process should be one about what's going to give you the best quality of life. So you can't just pick a weight. You have to recognize you're going to have to live a certain lifestyle in order to achieve that weight. And you got to take that into account while you choose the weight. People choose their weight as if it exists in a vacuum. You've got to live a certain way to achieve that weight. And a lot of times the way people are choosing, like for them to live there, it's so restrictive. You know, so what's the point? That's a whole other thing. Again, that's that diet mentality, like modern culture. This idea that it, that you have to be a certain way, you have to look a certain way in order to what? Be beautiful? Like what to what? Like who who do you want to impress at this point? <laughs> right? I mean, who gives a shit? Like what do you want? Strangers coming up to you and be like, oh my God, I can't, I'm so attracted. You're just the most amazing, beautiful person on the planet. I mean, what do you think is going to happen at, at that goal weight? You know what I mean? Like why don't you start optimizing to you being the happiest and healthiest you can be? And part of being the happiest and healthiest is being able to eat cake and cookies and donuts and, and stuff. Sometimes, you know, some of people say, oh, I could never, I could never eat like you. I could never lose weight because I, I love eating cookies too much. It's like, I don't think you would like eating cookies. I don't think you enjoy co- eating cookies as much as I do. I ate cookies last month, all month. And I ate them. I bet I enjoyed them more than anyone because there wasn't a shred of guilt. I mean, what I like to say, like, how can I have my body and eat the cookies too? Right? How can I have my body and eat the cake too? That's the question you want to be asking. Well, you have to change how you eat it. Obviously, I can't eat cookies all the time, but I eat them sometimes. I'm very, very strategic with how I eat. It's Saturday. I'm going to eat myself silly in a couple hours. Eat a bunch of pasta. I'll eat some crazy dessert. I'll wake up tomorrow at my goal weight, and Monday I'll go right back to my normal routine. It's strategic. It feels good for me. And that's what I work on people. When I was eating Blueprint, I'll just tell you this one. I think I'm a big fan of this, where it's like I have five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating you know and um you don't have to start with five days because i started with one i started with two days but sometimes i'll help people just let's start with one day you know just clean eating where you're really nourishing your body you know but i think you need to have both of those i believe you know i think it's the best strategy um protein powder too i don't like protein powders but it's better than other powders it's better than flour but um i stopped drinking smoothies because I was putting a lot of vegetables in my body, but I didn't want to blend them. I thought that's it's a little unnatural to blend it like that, and so I, I switched the smoothies over to the salads, because salads are, are as natural as you can get. And, and and I found, by the way, I've always optimized for thirty years. I've been optimizing to what's natural, and I've never been steered wrong with that philosophy. And so eating the salads, um, it's a more natural way to eat vegetables and all that stuff. It, that's how we've been eating for millions of years. And so last year, the book of the year for me in terms of practical advice was called Breathe. And one of the things I read is that the modern American skull is like shrinking. It's creating breathing problems because we're eating all pre-digested food practically, right? I talk about how much of your food's powders, right? How much of your food's processed? A good way to think of that is like pre-digested, 
<laughs> you know? Because what's not pre-digested? Carrots. I make my salad video, right? And I just like, it's big old chunks of carrots. Well, oh my God, I couldn't even chew those. Well, yeah, because think about what we used to eat in nature. It was super fibrous foods. You build up jaw muscles, right? And they help you breathe better. I'm not going to go too much for this. You don't even believe in me. You have to like see it to believe it. You know, that book was pretty crazy. But um, anyways, so I don't like powders personally. Someone says, yeah, that's my problem. All or nothing. Yeah, you're not alone, Maggie. That's everyone's problem when it comes to weight loss. Um, someone says, your videos have helped me so much by deviating from all or nothing mentality. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly what I want you to do. Again, all or something. I always say to people, it's like, make a decision today that you'll never fall off the wagon again. Now, you might just be like one foot hanging in there, getting dragged. <laughs> There'll be times like that for sure. But what if you're never off the wagon again? Well, what does that mean? I'll, I'll tell you how that works. Because right now, your weight loss is almost 100% what you're eating. And if you're not eating perfect, you can't do it. Because it's so hard. It's all or nothing. It's a sprint. You have to be completely present. Everything in life has to be working well for you to have the awareness and energy and ability to change all your eating like that. You're... You're, you're a pro, the biggest mistake you're making, and you're not going to understand what I'm saying here because you don't understand your mind in the right way. But the biggest reason you're not able to lose weight with the diet is because you're trying to consciously do it. Let me give you a metaphor to explain it. Your mind is like a cruise ship. Your conscious mind is like the captain. Your subconscious mind is like the crew. And when you diet, it's like metaphorically the captain saying, get out of your crew. You're all fired. I'm running everything now. You guys don't know what you're doing. I'm doing this. And then the captain tries to run the whole ship by himself. How would that work? It wouldn't work well, right? That's what you're trying to do when you diet. And that's why you can't maintain it. Your brain is not built for that. Okay. So what would be the solution? The solution, if we go back to the ship metaphor, and we got to add one more wrinkle to it. You have to imagine that the captain speaks French and the crew speaks Spanish, right? And so now we got a language barrier and you have a conscious subconscious mind barrier that communicate differently. Consciously, you can understand concepts and words, language. Subconscious mind responds to imagination. And so we go back to this cruise ship. One speaks French, one speaks Spanish. So the captain has to learn how to speak Spanish so it can communicate with the crew. And then the captain has to watch and monitor the crew to make sure that they get the message and do things properly. So there needs to be a relationship between the two. And you're not approaching your weight loss in any way like that. You're again, you're trying to be captain. Get out of here. You're not doing it right. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to do it all myself. Right. And that's how it feels to you. And that's why you can't maintain it. It's completely wrong. You know, I, I can't make that any more clear. Um, someone says, take one thing away at a time. I haven't had a, a sooty drink since August. Soda drink. <laughs> <laughs> soda drink. Um, that's great. And by the way, if you're drinking sodas, that would be the first thing I would focus on. You should drink no sodas. Well, you could drink them sometimes. There's never no, no all the time. And there's only what works for you, but liquid calories are, are a problem because think about this again, I'm reading this book. I got two books. One's about psychology. One's about the body, but through evolutionary, like an evolutionary lens, and they were saying that nothing, nothing makes sense about us unless viewed through an evolutionary um, lens. And it's an interesting way to think about it. And so soda is one of those because your body and brain don't register liquid calories. Okay, so you drink a soda with whatever, 300 calories in it. It's like you consume that and there's no satiety from that. There's no satiation of making you feel full, right? Because think about it. In nature, all these years we've, we've evolved, there's, there was no such thing as a caloric drink. There was water. That was it. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe we weren't drinking milk. You know what I mean? 
So um, there was maybe blood, you know what I mean? That, that was about it. So so sodas are, are very difficult. I mean, never mind the sugar stuff as well, but um, just the calories. It's just extra calories to the core. You know, your, your brain don't get any any sense of satisfaction from that. <laughs> Not city. That's funny. I know exactly what to do to lose weight, but have zero motivation. Then you don't know what to do to lose weight. Okay. I'm glad you wrote that and I'm not picking on you, but, um, cause you're, you know, it's like, I always thought I was having this conversation yesterday. It's like, it's like, here we are in America, right? And somehow the insurance companies have taken teeth out of our health, right? So it's like, you know, this whole body, it's all covered under health insurance, but then there's dental, you know? And this is to me like people, I know what to do. I just have no motivation to do it. Well, then you don't know how to do it. And the fact that you separate motivation from your weight loss strategy is indicative of the problem. You're separating it for, why would you separate that? You know, and so it's like you just sit in this space where like, well, I know what to do, but I just got no motivation. Well, learn how to motivate yourself. In my program, that's the very first thing we do. I take people through what I call the motivation matrix. Level one is pain and pleasure, how to use it specifically. Level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation, which is the literal science of motivation. There is a literal science of motivation. Do you know it? No, <laughs> which means you don't know how to lose weight then. I don't mean to be an asshole. I'm coming off a little aggressive, I think, but um, I just that that one drives me crazy because it's it's just not true, you know. It's just not true. And this idea that you it's again, it's like saying, "Oh, I know how to write with my other hand. I just got to do it." No, you don't know how to write with the other hand. No, I know how to do it. I know how to write. Then write, write with the other hand. Let me see it. Well, I just got to do it. <laughs> then you don't know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to recognize that because that, that I know what to do. I just need to do it. Bullshit keeps you in. It keeps you stuck. You know, it's not true and it keeps you stuck. Okay. So figure out how to motivate yourself then, you know, um, wine, I like wine, but you got to drink it strategically. All right. Um, um, um all right. I'm going to get to the questions. You guys got any questions? Ask them because I'm going to Mindset's key. Absolutely. Mindset's the keyest. No soda for years and no alcohol for six months or more. Hey, congratulations. So how do we get the captain and the crew to communicate? Or do you have suggestions for this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, they communicate differently, right? So you've got to understand this. And, and I, I, I tell this to you just to point it out first, because you couldn't logically know why you should lose weight more, right? right? You know you should lose weight. You know what you should do to lose weight. But you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You don't know how to communicate to your subconscious mind. Now, this is a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I can't just say, oh, just do this, you know? But what I can say in a general sense is that your subconscious mind is impacted differently. Like you can't just, okay, so, so I'll, let, me, let me put it this way to make the point. Let's just say you want to learn piano. You never played piano before and you want to learn it. Let's just say you go out and get 10 books, the 10 best books about piano and you read them cover to cover, okay? Have you learned how to play piano at all? No, right? You have a lot of ideas but you can't actually play the piano, okay? So that's the big distinction you gotta recognize. And this is such an important one because you keep thinking that you just need some diet or some philosophy and that's gonna do it. And I'm telling you, you know plenty about what you need to know to lose weight. The problem is you need to get yourself practicing it. You need to implement and practice and reinforce the new ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving like a thin person. Practicing, just like the piano. What's going to be better? Who's going to play better with the piano? The person who read the, the 10 books over a month or the person who practiced for a month? Do you see what I'm saying? And so with weight loss, we tend to think about it so psychologically, so consciously. I need to think about it, knowledge, da, 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 and we have to practice it. So hypnosis is, there's two ways to program your subconscious mind, action and imagination. 
Okay. And so action is the most powerful hypnotic suggestion. When you actually do something, it really programs your subconscious at the deepest level. Okay. But we want to do both because what do you do before you take the action? You know, so you can't just have actions because your actions are wrong a lot of times, especially when you're first starting this. So you need to have a plan. Okay. And that plan is using hypnosis in a very intentional way and being able to communicate with your subconscious mind. So how do you communicate with your subconscious mind? Well, it's like, have you ever had a dream that stuck with you like all day, right? You, you know, it's a dream, but it impacted you. It just stuck with you. It, it kind of affected how you felt, right? That's a form of hypnosis, okay? Because you imagine something so vividly, so viscerally that it literally stuck with you and changed kind of how you were thinking and feeling. Um, when you watch sports, right? Sports is a hypnotic experience. How, think about this. You just sit on the sofa like this, watching whatever sport, right? And what happens is you have mirror neurons. And so as you watch these people trying their hardest and doing all this stuff, in the back of your mind, you're, to some degree, you're experiencing that vicariously, right? You're, you, to some degree, you're imagining and you're getting the feeling that you're in the game and it feels good. This is why we watch movies and shows. It's a way for us to vicariously get that experience, okay? But your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between vivid imagination and reality. That's why this, this works, because that's what watching a movie or TV is. It's your imagination. You're not actively doing it. You're passively doing it. But what's the experience of why, why do you like watching movies and shows? Because it feels good, right? Why does it feel good? Because you're sitting there and you're getting the experience of whatever you're watching in a vicarious way. But it, you're, you're experiencing it. So you can sit there and watch sports and you feel like you're just in a sports game. You've got, like, because you're responding to it. You watch a horror movie and you're nervous and tense. Your adrenaline's releasing right? We just sit there on the sofa, but what you're getting that experience, you see? So we take advantage of that process and you start imagining in an intentional way. So you send the programming down to your subconscious mind. What's your subconscious mind? It's your brain structures that are outside of your awareness and it's your body. It's your nervous system, you know? Um, like brushing your teeth has been programmed into your subconscious mind. You don't really have to think about it. You just kind of do it on autopilot. It gets to be a certain time. You go in almost like an automaton. Now you're, you're aware of it to some degree and you want to do it. So you're encouraging it, but it's primarily a subconscious program that you has programmed into you. And now you just run on autopilot. You see, you're, you're snacking at nights, the same thing. It's just, it's programmed in there and you just do it. You see, this is how all your behaviors work, by the way. This is how all your life works. You're a subconscious creature. You're on autopilot most of the time and just kind of consciously along for the ride. If you don't believe me, fine, but you ought to, because it'll give you a sense of how you actually operate. And then you can start working on it and, and being strategic. You're not strategic at all right now. You're just like, again, you're that, that captain saying, get the hell out of here. I'm going to do everything myself. We'll see how long that goes for, you know, goal setting, food prep, water, sleep, vitamins, and movement. Well, I like all those things right on. I just gave a pop three weeks ago. Good for you. Great. Great. Even diet soda, no calories, but have you looked at the ingredients? Chemical shitstorm. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't drink diet soda because what it does is it anchors your flavoring to a way unnaturally sweet level, you know? Part of really like eating better is calibrating your taste, you know? I'm going to say something you're not going to like, but I'm going to be honest with you, is that I eat a, I, my, I eat a lot of boring food, you know? And I know that's, oh, I don't want to eat boring food. I know, but it's like, it's completely unnatural to be I was saying like, the more you tantalize your taste buds, the more you're going to loosen your belt, you know, rate that like a fortune cookie. But it's like, we're so addicted and it's not your fault. You know, um, you know, the way the food is in this country, it's almost like if you could advertise for heroin and cocaine, you know, 
And it's like, imagine like you take this cocaine, which is already an addictive substance or heroin, really addictive. But then like you put ads for it 24 hours a day. And then there's a million heroin stores and cocaine stores. That's what we're living with. Literally, literally. And, um, the, this, the diet soda is just another version of that, you know? So never mind the calories. And that's another thing. You're just obsessed with calories, macronutrients, carbs, protein, um, fat. And you're so fixated on these, the diet soda, I wouldn't want to drink diet soda because I don't want that sweet taste on my tongue because then think about this for a second. You're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it because I don't know any other way around it. I owe it to you guys to be honest, right? That's my goal here. Because I want it help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And just because I have to say something that's inconvenient and unpopular, I got to do it, right? But you, how do you eat to lose weight and be the healthiest? You got to eat natural foods more, right? <laughs> but natural foods don't taste all that exciting. I don't know. I don't know, you know. They don't. They're boring. My salads are boring. Those salads I eat, they're not... I'd rather eat a tuna melt with chips. So the salad's boring. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So I don't know, you know, so again with the diets, right? Look at, I, I find this, I find it offensive and, and ridiculous, but like the most egregious shit to me <laughs> is like a diabetic magazine in a supermarket. And what's on the cover of those diabetic magazines? It, it seems like 90% of the time it's a cakes, <laughs> some giant cake. Well, how to make a cake for a diabetic. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, how about, how about some fruit, vegetables? How about some real food for a diabetic? Have a cake sometimes. Okay, but it's like we're so fixated, even the diet. Oh, here you can eat all your exciting favorite stuff, but there's just no calories in it because it's all chemicals. You know, so it's like, this is the part of say, I know it's not popular, but the more you can program yourself to eat and enjoy in a different way, boring foods, the easier it's going to be for you to master your weight and your health, you know, because you're conditioned... You know, it's like, so let's look at the drug. Let's just switch the framing for a second. Because a drug addict, someone who's a cocaine addict, and you look at them, you're not a cocaine addict. You say, yeah, you can't do that. It's destroying your health. Well, the cocaine addict says, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. I like it. I like how I feel. You say, yeah, but look at, look at what's doing to you. Yeah, but it's really fun. I, it's, I like how it feels. Yeah, but look what it's doing to you. <laughs> right? Well, here I am. You know what I'm telling you? Like, I, I know it's fun to eat all that shit. I, I know that. But it's, it's also killing you. So I don't know, you know? So you have to orient yourself to eating more boring foods. And I know, well, it sucks. I, I don't want to do that. Okay. I know you don't, but what's the solution? What are you going to do? Get like all, like and again, even that sugar stuff, you know, the sodas, like what's that shit? You know what I mean? Like you really, you really want to take a chance with these chemicals right now, you know? But never mind the chemicals. I skip, stick that by, but, but eating that sweet stuff, that's my main point is eating that sweet stuff and putting that onto your tongue makes vegetables and fruits seem even more boring. You know what I mean? So you get yourself into this pattern of, of needing these hyper palatable foods, hyper palatable foods, by the way, is how they used to make, you know, when they did mouse research originally, you know, the big problem was they couldn't get the mice to overeat to become obese. Do you know how they did it back in the day? Guy had gone to the supermarket and he had some of the food and he started feeding the the or the mice some of the supermarket food, the hyper palatable food. And guess what? 
problem solved. <laughs> the mice kept eating it, right? They kept eating it and they got obese. So it's like the hyper palatable stuff you're eating. It's, it's like, it's like food drugs. It, it's, it's, I, again, I don't like to say this cause I don't, I don't make it, but listen, I, I might as well go all the way with this one. I think the best way to think about your weight is that you have an addiction, but it's a unique addiction because most addictions, you can just stop the substance cold Turkey and never do it again. And with weight, if you buy into the idea that there's some addictive aspects of this whole process, then, uh, really what the challenge is you have it's you have an addiction you have to manage you know which makes it very unique you know um but part of that is that again you have to recognize that our the, our taste buds are, are calibrated to a very high level for hyper palatable foods you know and so part of this process i think is getting comfortable with more natural flavor profiles you know so the more you you whack it out with like even if it's a sugar-free soda that's an assault on your taste buds that's anchoring them to a higher unnatural um, level of flavor and it makes all the natural healthy stuff that makes you thin healthy and happy um, it makes those things seem boring and unappealing so you have to recognize that part of it someone says i love your brutal honesty well i'm glad <laughs> i get nervous i don't wanna, i don't upset anyone here but i, I don't want to give you a, a river of bullshit either do you believe in well if you wanted it badly enough and vice versa i do for a little bit okay so this is an important that's a great question you know, and I ask the question sometimes, well, as a thought experiment, if the person you love the most was kidnapped and they said, well, if you don't lose weight in the next month, you're never going to see them. And in that situation, we could all imagine losing the weight. It's only a month. Okay. So this is really important because th there's a saying that pain's the biggest motivator. Pain versus pleasure, pain's a bigger motivator. And that is true. But as again, what I just said, this is an addiction you have to manage. And there's no way in the world you're going to live the rest of your life just focused on the pain. Okay. So I think the real secret here is that this is what I always do. This, I remember I told you my motivation. The first thing we do is the pain pleasure piece. And what I always say to people is that pain's great for making a decision and pleasure is really great for carrying it out. So you can't, and you know this because you, the main motivation you try and use to lose weight is pain. You keep saying, oh, look how I looked in that picture. Remember when I stepped on the scale, remember when I went to the doctor, you keep remembering trying to, you keep circling around and focusing on the thing that causes you the most pain for, with your weight. And you try and focus on that to get the motivation to eat better. Is that not your motivation strategy? <laughs> you don't realize it. You probably never even heard the word motivation strategy, which is, if you don't know a motivation strategy, hey. So you try and use pain to, to be more motivated and it doesn't work because your brain is a pleasure-seeking mechanism. What do you think got you in this problem in the first place? It's the pleasure of the food, right? Um, so you have to make this a process. We, we utilize pain for sure. But it's really, we want to keep ourselves as much as possible steeped in the pleasure of eating well, of having the body we want, being the person we want to be, all those great things. So yeah, if you want it badly enough, uh, I don't believe in that for weight loss. I don't. Because weight loss is, uh, it's, it's such a long-term ongoing process that includes so many things. So I do think you could want it so badly that you go watch my training, get my program, and then come up with a real strategy. I think that's a great way to do it. You know, I think doing it on your own it's kind of like, let me put it in a different way. It's kind of like I said to you, I just told the story yesterday, but I think it makes a point. So when I was growing up, I, I was obsessed with the Rubik's Cube and I would work on this thing. For years, I spent working on this thing. The farthest I got with it, well, I found a little hack. I could take a little butter knife and pop it out, you know, put, but then I put it, it'd be wobbly. People knew someone was up. But anyways, the farthest I got, I'd get one side and two sides, two sides I could get done. And I, whatever, it just went on. So years later, uh, I, was, I was watching Justin Bieber the guy's a, a Rubik's Cuber. Got it done. And I remember, I was so mad. I remember saying to my wife, like, what the hell? I'm just Bieber doing this. I couldn't figure it out. She goes, oh, he's probably just following the algorithm. 
I said, the what? She goes, the algorithm. I said, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I did, never knew this. She goes, yeah, there's just an algorithm. You, you have to follow. That's what they're all doing. <sighs> never thought that, right? And so I could have worked on that Rubik's Cube for the next hundred years and I never would have solved that thing on my own because I was 100% intuitively, the way I thought to fix it was completely bringing me away from the actual way you solve it, okay? So there's an aspect of that here that it's like if you want to just, if you were really motivated to play the piano and you just had a piano in front of you, are you really going to learn how to play that piano on your own? Probably not, you know? And to be honest, you're not just starting from a neutral place. You've got so much negative programming in your mind um, that even if you're really motivated, you just really want to lose weight, you're just, you're going to go about it in a very willpower-based way where long-term results are almost impossible. And I don't say that to be a negative person. I, I truly mean that. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I like doing those biohacks to downregulate my overwhelmed body and mind. I like that idea a lot. And I like the more holistic approach to it. Um, yeah. Uh, someone says, I love what you say. I need to check out your training. Maybe it would be the answer I need. Yeah, I probably would be. But again, you know, it's like, I, I'm not the right answer for everyone. No one is, you know what I mean? That's why I set what I'm doing up intentionally because um, I, I think of my program like college. I, I, get, I, I like that that reference point. And it's like, what do you do? If you want to go to college, you look at a bunch of different colleges. I mean, at this point, you've tried a lot of diets, so that part's done. But then you go, you take a camp, you know, you look around the, the campus, you decide, you make a rational decision, you make a commitment, you know? And you make the commitment knowing that it's going to be hard and there's going to be ups and downs, right? With your weight loss, you're, you're very conditional, as long as the scale's going down, you're going to be motivated and you're, you're okay. But the second there's the slightest bit of adversity, you're just, you're done. You know what I mean? You're so conditional with it, you know? And so it's like, that's no way to change anything. You know, you need to commit to it. And that's another thing that's missing so much from weight loss. The commitment things suck. Like, it's like maybe you'll go away and some retreat and learn how to eat better. And that's not going to work for you because your eating comes down to the environment you're in. Most of your eating is triggered by subconscious environmental cues. And so you go away to some place and eat great for two weeks and then you come back home and you eat just like you did because it's all different environmental cues, you know? But that's a commitment at least, you know? But um, it's just a bad strategy. So my program is an at-home immersion program, you know? And you do it in your environment. Very important that you start thinking, acting, and feeling these new ways in your environment because that's what's triggering all your behavior, you know? Um, but yeah, but you'll know if I'm the right answer. I mean, you're, you're finding it now. And again, it might be the right answer for me. It might be just being free stuff. You know what I mean? I'll tell you all this stuff. Um, but, but again, it's, it's the, it's the going through Coursera and just taking courses. You know, you can learn a lot of stuff that way, or you go and enroll in college. You know what I mean? It's a, let's do this. You know what I mean? You're going to end up with a much more systematic outcome. You know what I mean? You get much more support. So there's that, but it becomes obvious. I mean, you watch the training and I think it becomes clear whether it's the right program or not for you. Um, someone says no such thing as an Oreo cookie tree. <laughs> My expectations of a bliss point are triggering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bliss point. Good, good words, right? You've done some research. That's the part too. Like the more you understand, listen, like watching a documentary about sugar is hypnosis, right? Because if you've ever watched a documentary, like a health documentary, it changes how you act for a little while, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's like, that's hypnosis. So it's important not to think of hypnosis as this, oh, you're getting sleepy. That's not it. Hypnosis is just the process of programming and influencing your subconscious mind. That's why you need to learn self-hypnosis. You have to, if you want to change. And I mean that. You're not hearing me say there's too many have tos. That one, I, I don't know what you would do. Someone says, examples of salad you eat, proteins, any dairy, veggies, fruits, dressing. Um, I put a video up. Go watch that. I, I got it pinned on my, my bio. Go watch that on TikTok. Um, 
Go check it out because I break it down. I make I have a whole system, salad system. I make them all on Monday and I eat them. Now that video shows five days when I was doing it five. I do it four days a week now. Um, I don't eat on the fr- on the Friday. I don't eat lunch because um, I usually eat a, a big dinner. And so, uh, but I'll just I show you exactly how I make them and, and how I prepare them and everything else. Um, someone says, "What are good go to snacks when you're really hungry?" Protein examples. Well, first of all, I don't want to get really hungry because when you're really hungry, no snacks good. You know, once you hit that, that hunger point, it's like all bets are off, you know? So you want to recognize that and you want to manage your hunger. So you never get really hungry. Whoop. Um, so that's important, but what are good snacks? I don't know. I mean like hard boiled eggs, uh, natural foods, you're going to hear carrots, celery, things like that, which I know don't sound appealing because I don't know, you got to get used to them A and then you can't be too hungry B. Okay. Understand that the more hungry you are, the less well, I don't know. It's kind of a double-edged sword when I say that. Um, but, yeah. Dave, you're giving so much advice. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm convinced. Super excited to join. Thank you, sir. I'll be in touch. Awesome. Yeah. And by the way, if you go, you, you can always ask me questions too. I got my email up in the bio and stuff. And so, um, yeah, if you ever have questions about any of this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, but yeah, my program, yeah, you join the program. It's like we will work together on Tuesday and Thursday. I can't tell you how valuable it is, you know. Um, it's, Cause, so I always do this one, right? If you close one eye, look at your nose, you see it. Close the other eye, look at your nose. It's right there, taking up a lot of your field of vision. Open both eyes, your nose just disappears, right? And so the biggest challenge you have in creating change in your life is that there are solutions and challenges that are right in front of you that you're literally not seeing. You're just blind to them. We don't live in a world where we see all of reality. We live in a world where we see our reality, right? There's a part of your brain called the reticular activation system, RAS for short. And it deletes things from your awareness that you consider to not be important or that you don't believe in. And that is where a lot of the solutions exist and where a lot of the problems exist and you don't even see them. Now, you know this because when you're driving on the road, you see your car, don't you? Right? You notice your car on the road. You're not scanning the road for it. It just automatically pops in your awareness. Well, this happens with all kinds of things. And when it comes to your weight and your, your health and your eating, even more so in ways you can't imagine. So working with someone who understands this process, it obviously moves along faster, you know? Now again, people are in just different spots and stuff. So again, I give you all this stuff and I'm here for you all the time, but yeah, I mean, if you're really serious and you really want to commit to it, those are the people that end up, you know, joining the program um, that I work with. Cool. All right, everyone. Hey, it's been a good one. It's been a lot of fun. So um, yeah, get yourself ready though. Cause hey, there's nothing wrong with starting on Mondays. All right. I, I you know, recognize it's, it's, I make fun of it a lot. I call it the magic Monday, but um. There's a lot of cultural momentum to starting on Monday, starting a new month, new year, all those things. So use whatever you can, you know, to get your results and, and start something. You know what I mean? Again, if you get off the idea of starting and stopping, that, that's pretty helpful. Um, but, but make a commitment this Monday. All right. Do something. doesn't have to be everything, though. Just start small. Another crazy idea. Right. <laughs> and each week you start small with something. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you've changed a whole lot of stuff. All right. So great, everyone. Have a great day. We'll talk soon and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.